Oh, the pen is magnetized. It's sticking to the base. Okay. <laughs> Distracted here. Yeah, you, you it's everybody you will notice every every video you watch on Ryzen Reviews, everybody's burned. Because you're burned at the end of a review cycle. And here we go. In this episode of the Full Nerd, Ryzen 9 7950X 3D reviews and the state of PC gaming. Welcome to episode 248 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with special guest Brad Shoemaker. Thank you for having me. Excellent bass line in your theme music. Oh, great. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like Crucial it. to a good theme is yeah. good bass line. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes, absolutely. Are you a bass player? Like No. You? Okay. But my, my selection process for picking podcast themes is to type funk into oh. the search field. Mm. Yeah, no, and I like, Generally, you're going to get something good. Funky. Huh. Interesting. Yep. And Adam Patrick Murray, who has the bass uh, and is also controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, I, I guess I have the bass. Well, actually, you know what? I did start my career as a bassist. Uh, really? And was like, eh, I need more chords. Uh, but Brad, hey, listen, I've, I've followed you for years uh, you. on your, your various endeavors, and Thank I'm you. so glad to have you in yeah. the studio. Thank you guys for having me. This is going to be fun. We have a real gaming yes. expert uh, here yes. in, on, on the I, podcast. I, I, I called you the legend on Twitter for a reason. <laughs> oh, wait, you are, though. You're the gaming expert. No, yeah, no, no, you're yeah. the legend. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh. I thought you were talking about... No, no, I'm talking about Sorry. you, Brad. I'm Sorry. so glad to have you here, I thought you were, I thought you were no. trying to... Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're here You're here to enlighten us about uh, yes. not only yes. the state of gaming. Yes. Uh, I mean, we're. I, I told you before, we're, we're a little bit more in our PC bubble, you mm-hmm. know, so sometimes sure. it's hard to kind of yes. step back and look at it holistically. Yes. Uh, but also, you uh, are here as well to do a PC build with us, which we're, we're going to yeah. be doing a video on today. Yes. Uh, because you, you have you have a little, little older hardware, and, and you might be interested mm. in this new thing called a Ryzen 9 7950X 3D. In- interested is one word for it yes maybe slightly baffled but yes maybe well uh gordon you've been you've been reviewing the hell out of it please yeah, i have been reviewing it i'm gonna pull some slides but adam i but just by the way i can't re- monitor the chat because uh i, I got it yep. just so you know oh wait a minute yeah, i've already messed that up oh yeah gordon he's, he's in charge of the uh the bigger bar better what is going on here this like, time i'm double clicking on it and then it, okay whatever okay <laughs> you don't need full screen we're, we're gonna blow by him well we're gonna blow by him we don't need full screen try f11 thinking, maybe well, uh, well. Before before we get into the charts, Gordon, you, you should uh, maybe, maybe quick TLDR on uh, Ryzen nine seventy nine fifty X three D. So yes, if you've been, I mean, obviously this is the second day. It launched yesterday at six a.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, nine nine o'clock uh, East Coast. If you if you do the East Coast thing, the reviews are out. Um, if you go out and I would say generally they are positive. I, I will say there does seem to be more confusion about it. It is basically, you know, there were two parts that were launched yesterday, and that is the Ryzen 9 7950 X3D, which is a 16-core part. There was also the Ryzen 9 7900 X3D, which is the 12-core part. There's actually been a little bit of, um, I would say, I don't misunderstanding out there, misinformation. I don't want to call it misinformation. Just simply a lot of um, misunderstanding that I, I want to clear up now. I don't know why, where this even came from, except that I've seen it bounce around Reddit for the last couple of weeks. So I actually asked AMD about it uh, before the launch. The Ryzen 9 7900X. Which you didn't review. Which I did not review. In fact, I don't think it was sampled to anybody. So no. we only saw the 16 core parts. It is a dual CCD part. It is a six plus six part. Okay, okay, that was. I don't know. They were everybody was like, "Is this going to be of, yeah, eight plus eight, four? Eight four yeah. Is it going to be like maybe eight plus two? And then maybe they? I no. Yes, 
It is six plus six. It is similar to previous parts. So it is not this. I don't know where the theories even came that it would be eight plus four. It was sort of like, I think, wish hoping because they really wanted eight cores with the. And it'd be interesting, eight cores with the V-cache. So you get a stacked eight core part and then you get maybe four cores in the other one. That would be, you know, non-stack. So you get the heart. I, I guess. But no, it is as we have seen on the 5,000 part and the 3,000 part where they are most likely, you know, uh, parts that are, you know, they, they don't make the muster for eight core. Right. I mean, maybe they, may they, it is entirely possible they have though. Some companies actually turn off parts at work because they have to fill. If the orders all come in for one that is, um, everybody suddenly wants the 12 core parts. They don't have enough of those. They basically take eight core parts or, you know, the dual eights and they make right. 12 core parts. Also, the 7800X is is an eight core part. Some people thought, oh, is that going to be four plus four? But no, it is six plus six and eight. The other thing that I, I think should be mentioned as well that I've seen some confusion of uh, before the as part of the review documents that AMD sent out, they sent out this very lengthy 20 plus page guide on how to make sure that you're 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 getting the results that they're getting. It actually looked very complicated because you <laughs> like you have to run process idle. You got to make sure this is set in the BIOS. You got to make sure this driver is installed. You have to make sure this BIOS is installed. And then it had all these ways to test the scenarios. You actually can see a couple of those in the video we did. Go over and click on our Tomb Raider. A lot of that actually came from the the guide from AMD to basically say, here's how you're making sure that the it's actually functioning correctly, that the the applications are running on the right um, die. For the end user, you don't have to do any of that. You basically install the CPU and say most most people will be doing into a motherboard. Make sure it has the latest driver, the latest BIOS from the motherboard. Obviously, that will be launched for the X3D parts, and you should be good to go. You also have to make sure Microsoft Game Bar is installed and updated, but that's pretty much it. A lot of people really thought it was this huge multi-step process, like you were flying the space shuttle to make sure that it was gonna <laughs> it was gonna work. It isn't from what I've been told from AMD and I I'm sure people will go out and check that, but I'm going to hope that uh, they're obviously telling the truth, but the messaging from them is like, no, it should be pretty much like previous parts. Well, and, and that's why uh, at embargo, because we, we did record a couple of videos uh, at embargo, the video that we posted was how is it actually working? Cause I felt like that was the thing. Most people were like, wait, how's it going to know which CCD to throw it to? Can you override it? Can you pick uh, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, some people, even on our own Discord, uh, had some questions, and I just point them to to the video because it's, it's interesting how it does it. So maybe, maybe Gordon, kind of go over that process of how it's picking what to go where and what you could even do about it if you wanted to. Yeah. So, so again, remember the dual CCD versions of the Ryzen nine, which are both of them because they both have dual CCDs to get the twelve and sixteen core counts. They basically have one with the V cache, one without. So stack cache, no stack cache. How does it pick? Uh, we know that Intel basically said, you know what, as we deal going forward with, you know, basically a mix of cores, we have our efficiency cores, we have performance cores. We have actually baked in this thing called Threadripper into the CPU. It uses, you know, machine learning, AI. It is actually reprogrammable as well. This basically gives the hints to the operating <clears throat> system which cores to use. It is transparent in the background. AMD didn't have anything like that for... Uh, the dual CCD mixes, and instead they're relying on Microsoft. A lot of people, of course, got really kind of squeamish about that. We now see a little bit more about how they're doing that. 
if on your system you fire a game up, you know, Microsoft has been developing, you know, gaming on Windows for a long time. They know when a game is running, it sees the game is running through uh, the game bar and basically says, oh, this is a game. This will go to the stack core part. Automatically. Automatically. And actually, a little unfortunately, you have no control over that because I think there are times when it would be better to run it on the the non-stack part. So so you you can force a game onto the vcash but you can't pull it off is what you're saying well not i mean i don't know why you would want to basically all the games it's it's a blunt instrument is i think the way i describe it everything basically gets shunted onto the the cache part um there is a way to override in the bios but it's it's very clumsy at this point and and it's an all or nothing if you you override it in the bios now everything that's detected as a game goes to the non-cache part so you can't reverse that either so yeah. there is a way to override it but it's yeah yeah so well, but, but but non-cash but the, but but the intention though was to we're we're going to be dealing this world where you know the vast majority of games you're going to want on the cash part yeah. and then you basically everything else you basically don't want on the cash part so game bar looks like the main gatekeeper there is actually a an amd driver there's actually a bunch of processes that are running in the background that are also doing things I'm going to guess it's going to mature as as time goes on. You'll get a little better about it. But right now, it's pretty blunt. Game bar says game. You go to cash part. Non-game, you run on the non-cash part. Although what's kind of cool is you could sort of like run your applications of like, I found that some things in Lightroom might run a little bit faster on the cash part. I can actually pull up game bar on, on I should be able to in Lightroom, pull it up and say, run this. This is This is a game. Remember, this is a game. And the next time I start Lightroom, it'll basically run on the well, and, and that's the weird thing is that other applications have a check mark. You say either remember this is a game, forcing it onto the, the cache part, or uncheck it, and it'll you know do whatever the normal behavior is. But that check mark isn't there for the games. Like yeah. like like why have it for applications but not the game oh, itself? Yeah. I'm I'm not quite sure, but Lightroom. it would yeah. yeah Lightroom, my favorite game. <laughs> yeah, my favorite <laughs> game. <laughs> well, I mean, the, and yeah, in in the video, Gordon had brought up the Cinebench. You know, right. uh, somebody made a joke of like Gordon's definitely favorite game is Cinebench. Yeah, no, uh, and I, in fact, you see it on the screen right here. And I one last thing I want to point out is that um, <clears throat> it tries to basically park it tries to park the cores, and that is their method for sort of like pushing everything on to the vcash yeah, die right that, that that's the part where this all comes to a screeching halt for me because yeah. you know like it, it's it's very good at productivity maybe not quite as good as the pure you know and it's and it's like you know industry leading in most games like it loses intel in a few places but the part where you're playing a game and it shuts off the other half of the cpu well entirely it, it, it doesn't shut it off yeah. it doesn't so, disable oh, yeah, the other okay, cores yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah was that an amd term like I, everybody was using the term park i don't know yeah. well it's, well, it's it, an amd and yeah it's okay. it's a microsoft okay. term and, so, and the core parking is just simply it's like idling it right so i, I so actually i i should I, I i meant to quote your review that the paragraph in your review that just like i was like whoa you were like all right the bottom line is you were not going to play a game on the on the, the vcash uh, die and run OBS and a bunch of other streaming stuff on the other die at launch. Like, do you think that's going to change? Is that is that something you think that they that will mature in the scheduling and the, and the driver logic as they... It, it might as they find that, you know, if they can get a little more mature and sort of like sending things to other cores. But so what happens is if you start up, because um, I did some testing on this, if you start up Shadows of the Tomb Raider and you start up, uh, I started, so I'd run Shadows of the Tomb Raider and I'd run Web, Web Expert 4, so that's Chrome browser running a, a single-threaded, lightly-threaded benchmark, and then I fired up Cinebench, and I ran it on four cores. 
uh, because basically you're in sort of gaming mode, the other die is parked, and basically Cinebench as well as uh, Chrome were running on the same because it tries to push. Oops, it tries to push everything on to that one cache die because right. you're running a game. And so it all fits, and that's fine. Although you know, obviously, you're going to lose a little bit of performance because you're you're running at a lower clock on it. It would be cool if you could run it on the other one, and I think that's probably what makes some people uncomfortable about it. But at the same time, if I take Cinebench and I again, I'm running Tomb Raider and I'm running Web Expert, and then now I take Cinebench and I run it with 16 threads, the second die is like, oh, I got work to do. Okay. So, so it does actually run okay, on the second. Okay, okay. And it is is a little, you can see that actually happen where the, you know, where, where suddenly it's, oh, I got, I got stuff to do. I'm going to stop reading the paper. I'm going to do stuff. Because otherwise, they're trying to push everything to the cash die. And yeah, that's, it's certainly not as elegant as what Intel is doing with, you know, Thread Director. Yeah. Thread Director 2, which of course they came out with 13 Gen on. And, you know, and it does kind of, I was thinking about this, it does kind of mean a little weakness for in AMD in a little way because they are behind the curve. Because they don't have something as sophisticated as Thread Director, which supposedly you know uses machine learning and AI to to dispatch stuff, but at the same time, it does generally work. Because you know, honestly, it's pretty coarse what people do, right? You play a game. Most people, in fact, are playing a game or they run the other applications. If you are really multitasking or you're doing something else, it works. Because again, if you're doing handbrake encode and playing a game, those other cores are woken up. So it, it, it actually works in a way. It's, it's not as elegant. It's not as fancy, but <laughs> it actually works surprisingly well, okay. I think, because it doesn't – what are you doing? You're playing game. You're running a couple other things, and, and that's it. So Well, but I mean, in, in, in Brad's case, uh, I think it's that, that example of, hey, you, you want the game to be on the cache. It would be cool if OBS yeah. was running – on the non-cash part. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it'd be cool if you had that kind of tr- yeah. control. There, yeah. there were some people asking about uh, there, an application that actually does do that routing for you. And if it if it works on the, the X3D there, part, there, I, I can't a, remember the actual There's like Process Lasso is one. Yes, there's, Lasso. There's, yeah, there's some Lasso. other. You can actually do it from the command line, apparently. there's there's oh, a, but, but also, it's like, yeah. this is like a fascinating kind of framework in a, in a, in a, in a vacuum, but also like day-to-day do people actually really want to be managing like, right. which yeah. die yeah. their software is running you can, on? Like, that's you can where, set affinity from within the task yeah, manager, too, yeah. but it's just it's, like, it's, it's not just something... A layer of management that I think... A and lot do of you even know which is which to yeah. set? So I, I just right. think they don't want to They don't want to have... If they had come out and actually had you give you that kind of granularity that had to manage yourself, it would have been marked as a failure, I think. I would... Yeah. I, but right. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, because you... You do want to wish, like, you know, I would like to run it on that, that other die, right? right. So, yeah, because, well, you know, I might be playing a game, but also running, like, OBS and vMix Call and Parsec and any number of other things, you know. But it, it's good to hear that it is, at least in an automated fashion, possible to extend out to that stuff. Yeah. But, but so, you, are, you are putting a lot of faith in their, in their automated logic to, to handle that stuff efficiently. Yeah, and, you know, the, again, this is what a lot of the com- discomfort is, and I, you know, you'll see it is the normal, you know, um, I, I don't know. I guess you can call it Microsoft hate. I've seen things people saying like, "Oh, I'm I don't run the game bar." Like you do have to have the game bar running, so that is part of the the game bar. Where yeah, we got a surprising bar- amount of comments like being like, "Oh, I first thing I always I, disable game I, bar." I get it. I get it. Like I, I get the Microsoft part. I get the overlay part. Like I understand the skepticism. Game bar is actually not bad though. It's actually like for what it is, it's kind of shockingly better. Than and it's getting better and better yeah. with every iteration. Yeah. I I actually think it might eventually you know develop into like oh that's actually kind of nice 
I the, honestly though like the thing is like you disabled that I didn't even know it was there. Again, it's like the pen support of my laptop. It's yeah. like I don't know how to use it. <laughs> Most of the time, I actually turn it on by accident. Oh, like trying yeah. to hit Windows something else, really? and hitting G instead. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't pay much attention. Real, real quick, I uh, somehow we got lost in translation, uh, but we have people not not quite sure who Brad Shoemaker is. Like, I oh. guess we introduced him, but we didn't the introduce nerve. introduce him because uh, we we got a little de- derailed. But, but, but so Brad uh, Shoemaker, not not Brad Charkis, yes. Brad Shoemaker. Uh, you you are of a Nexlander and TechPod fame, yes. correct? Yes. Uh, and uh, previously Giant Bomb, previously GameSpot. Uh, so you've been in the gaming space for yes, for a good bit. Just crossed twenty years actually since I moved out wow. here to, to work for Gamespot wow. way back when. Yeah, so he's an old timer like me, yes. folks. So the the PlayStation Two was the current console when I got into this. So <laughs> the, the, wow, yeah. And that, now some people would consider that retro. Uh, or yeah, <laughs> my 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 personal definition of retro is the stuff I grew up with is retro, and everything else is not. <laughs> I know. I right? think that's actually everybody's definition, <laughs> but you know. Well, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, thank you, Brad, yeah, thank for, for you so being much. here. Thank you, uh, you, you long time in games. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting day. This thing is this is such a strange product. It's, it's certainly something fun to dig into. Yeah, yeah. And, and the 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 tech pod uh, uh, podcast is is with Will Smith, who's yeah. also uh, been on the show. Yes. Uh, so yes. yeah, we're it's it's a big happy family. Yeah. Uh, I, do you remember being on the Computer Chronicles with Will? <laughs> no, I've seen the video. Okay. I've seen the video. That's why. That's why I call you a legend. Like you and him, in your what your early twenties, probably. Uh, the, the scary thing is, I, I don't remember ever going because it was in a full studio. It was in yeah. a, It was a TV it's studio. Pub- public television, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can call it. Basically, public television yeah, like, is like a step above Wayne's World. <laughs> I don't remember actually going to that set and doing okay. that video. I so really... I, I talked to Will about that recently. He said you guys were in there for like 20 minutes. Like you went in, did the segment out immediately. Oh, like, wow. Get out. Very professional. Yeah, anyway. no, very professional. Not like here. You're yeah. just like stuck. We make you clean up here. Grab a broom okay. afterwards. <laughs> Anyway, so that's why uh, I came in the short sleeve. Yeah. So uh, back to the 7950X3. Sorry. Uh, some people were like, wait, uh, we didn't Bra- fully describe who Brad is. Yeah. So. And also Brad is he he he's a PC gamer mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Uh, I checked earlier and he is <laughs> he's actually contemplating building a, a a new machine. So I I'm I'm I want to hear his insight cuz he's literally possibly a customer of this this uh, process. You, you want to know what chipset I'm running right now? Just a chipset or the CPU? I think I think it's the most telling part. Okay, it's Z one seventy. Oh, that's not that old. <laughs> that's not that old. Uh, it's, it's not retro. It's, 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 it's some, not that retro. Some in our audience yeah. would say otherwise. Okay, that's pretty weak though. It is anyway. pretty weak because I mean that's like I'm guessing four cores at best. Yeah, because yeah, that kind of sucks. It's long overdue. Well, if 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 you're looking at this part, you know, uh, potentially a big upgrade, uh, yes. <laughs> definitely. I, uh, I think just about anything. It could God, be right. a big upgrade. At yeah. This point. Uh, well, we we do have a couple of super chats. Uh, one of them is from front of the show, Dark Helmet, for five dollars. Thank you so much. Said, uh, and this will kick us kick us going into a bigger discussion. I think is uh, how small of a niche do you think this CPU makes sense for? I honestly, that to me is why I. Honestly, I'm kind of taken aback by a lot of the reviews and a lot of the reception. I I feel like um, a little bit's like Rotten Tomatoes, where like, you know, you know, I don't know, sixty seventy percent of the reviewers or the critics hate something, but then the audience is like loves it. Like Ant Man, I think like the audience loves it, but the reviewers hate it right now. Mm-hmm. So classic. I I think it is an act. I don't think it is a niche part. I don't really understand why people are calling it a niche part in some way. So it's a little, it does kind of confuse me in a, in a way, because honestly, I like because if you you want to think about it, 
the 5800X3D was a was a pure gaming part. It was a niche part in some ways, and it forced. Let's honestly look at 5800X3D. It forced people to like. This is an awesome gaming part. It's got this V cache on here. It's legitimately slower than the 5800X, which was cheaper. 5800X3D came out at what 500 bucks. At that point, the X was down to like 450, maybe 450. But I mean, the but the X was considerably like 100, 150 bucks cheaper than 100 dollars mm-hmm. cheaper. Mm-hmm. It was actually slightly faster in single threaded tasks. And then a 5950X was actually like, you know, it would kick its ass in in multi core content, right? Because it was like clearly 16 cores versus eight. You know what the answer is going to be, especially a lower clock day part. It really forced you to like pick like 5800X. You had to go like, oh, I need more cores. I could do 5900 5950X, but I'm kind of screwed. And then, like, it's actually more expensive than the 5800X. So, so you know, we get here, and the AMD's messaging has been like, look, we designed this as a best of both worlds CPU, right? Because we know a lot of people were kind of caught in a rock in a hard place because they want a high core count. They want a V-cache. You can't have both. One, obviously, realistically, if they put cash on both of the dies, it would have driven the price up even more. And honestly, it would have driven the price, the performance probably down because you now have one die, instead of one die running at 5.7 gigahertz boost and the other one running at like 5 gigahertz, they would both be running at, say, 5 gigahertz because they both have the stack cash. And then you would actually then be paying more of a penalty dividend in everything but gaming. Also, is there a game on the market threaded enough to take advantage of 16 cores? Yeah, I don't don't think so. It's it's like to me, it's a little weird because I really think their idea was like, we're going to we're going to give you a part that answers the really, you know, best gaming CPU. Although that's arguably I wouldn't say I would go so far as to give them that crown, but definitely they could make really, really strong claims to best gaming CPU. But also give you very decent single-threaded performance. And then also a little less, you know, uh, multi-threaded performance. It's surely not going to be as much as, you know, a, a dual... Uh, the 7950X, which is both dies running at full tilt, but we'll get we'll get pretty close. In fact, you can see this. Like, I don't know people think, like, I don't actually get money from Maxon for running Cinebench, but I wish I did because... <laughs> It is actually a good way to illustrate the performance. Because, uh, move your water bottle. It's uh, oh, blocking the bottom. Yeah. I'm going to move that. You so you can you can see the performance of of the well the Intel pretty awesome actually in in all core. Um, but you can see the 7950 here. It's it's thirty eight thousand five hundred and some change, and then we go to the seventy nine um, seventy nine fifty X three D, and it's you know thirty six thirty nine right. So it's pretty close. You're you're not quite getting the performance of that that 7950x, but you get the goodness of the the, the vcache. So I think it it does illustrate that you are really getting the all core performance. And actually, let me I because I, I I just have to bring this up because I it just oh where the hell is it? So this is uh is that the one? Yeah, let's let's pull this up. You're, you're getting an insight into how many charts Gordon has. Uh, I just have a lot of charts here, but I I made this earlier because I was just kind of like I don't even understand. Because look, I 5800X3D is an is an awesome part. It's going to go to the Hall of Fame one day. But look, this is Cinebench R23 all cores, Intel Blue, great, yay, good for Intel, kicking ass. Uh, but look, 7950X, again, same score you saw previously, same score you're seeing for that 7950X3D, 36,000, some change. Fifth, 
Ryzen 7, 5800X3D, the all-core performance, by the way, eight cores, 15,000, right? Less than half. Less than half. So I don't, like, I, I don't, I, I'm so confused because, like, I don't get it. I think if the 7800X3D was launching with these other two, I don't think you would be seeing as much negativity out there because, you know, people, people that only care about games want that. I'm seeing that everywhere. I'm waiting until April. Well, but, the, but that, $700, no thank you. It's going to be the same game performance. I'll wait. Like, yeah, I think, I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Well, but, but uh, uh, like the 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 way that that I was watching all the videos, and I mean a, a lot of good coverage out there, but like all the videos seem to be, ooh, we got this part in. Is this the best gaming CPU? And like for me, it, it felt more like, well, no, this is the best of both worlds CPU. Yeah. It, the question isn't isn't the best gaming CPU? Is it the best of both worlds? Do you get awesome gaming and awesome productivity? And I mean, and, and our summation was, it's about four to five percent slower in content creation tests than the normal X part. But in gaming, it's up to like 20, 22% faster. So in my mind, like, like that's almost the best of both worlds. Like, sure. Is it the best gaming CPU? And is it the best for the price? Like, hell no. If you're just gaming, why would you even look at yeah. this anyway? Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I, yeah. Think, I think that's where probably most of the people yeah. is coming from. So, it, so yeah, if you're just gaming, sure, wait for the 7800X3D, but that doesn't mean there's not use cases for people who want 16 cores. You, you guys uh, you guys are in this world more than me. I'm, I'm curious. Do you think the decision to hold the 8-core chip back, is was that purely a business decision? Do you think there was anything else behind that? I I don't honestly know, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sort of like guess. But yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Because I mean... I think the problem is a lot of people are speculating it is to control the launch, right? Because yeah. they give you, they sample certain models because they want to push a narrative. I don't really know. It could, that could be it. Obviously, it could also be like, oh, damn, we don't have the boxes because, you know, supply chain problems. Sure, or, sure. or maybe they just like, they, they're only going to push these initially. So I, I don't really know. And so I, I think a lot of people making real they're guessing and speculating. It's just like, yeah, whatever. It's like I, I would say more. Push telling. away from the bar. Go to the bathroom. Maybe get, <laughs> go out and smoke a cigarette because maybe you're just guessing here. So uh, I, I would say what's maybe a little more telling is that, and we had this question too: was the 7900X 3D seeded to anybody? And no, I I haven't seen any I, reviews yeah, I, of I it. Check a lot of channels. Yeah, really and, and I just looked on Newegg. Uh, the 7950X 3D has been sold out. You know, for for hours now. The, the 7800, or I'm sorry, the 7900 X3D is still in stock on Newegg. Mm. So, yeah. like, yeah, I, I think that's more the part that, that is a little confusing is like, okay, so if you're, if you're just pure gaming, 7800 X3D, I'm sure totally makes sense. If you want to do gaming and content creation workloads, 7950 X3D, hell yeah, if you got the money. The 7900X3D, mm, that that one's probably a little bit weirder yeah. <laughs> in my mind. It's but like, it's mean, like the, the only one you could legitimately ask who is this for, right? Yeah, that, that one seems to be the more confusing than yeah. this top-end one. This top-end one is like, hey, you don't have to really give up anything. You know, it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, it, it, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I imagine, though, like what we typically see is that, and we've seen this with a lot of launches. This isn't really new, but the... Even the original high high core count parts, they always outsold. Like I know AMD sort of always expected. Well, the was it thirty nine fifty X pretty expensive too at the time. They really thought people were going to go a step down, but everybody kind of reached for the higher end one. So everybody really is. Oh yeah, that's a lot of cores. <laughs> but we've seen that with like forty ninety. We've seen that with CPUs now. Where honestly, people like they just they just go for the higher end. There's really this. It feels to me like there's 
that sort of mid-range, high-end mid-range, I guess you could almost call it, is, is, is just less appealing. Because I guess, honestly, if you can afford high-end anyway, you're going to go all the way in, in, in for the, all the options. So it, it's kind of weird. Like, you almost could not launch it. But I, I guess, who knows? Maybe that was because partner said, um, we need a mid-range part. You know, there's there are really a lot of people that they just simply buy what's in the machine. So if you're supplying to you know, SIs or OEMs, and they just need a part that stepped down as an option to offer to people, they have to make it. So that that might be the reason why they did it. I think that the problem is people get so focused on the, you know, the, the everybody's running the, the math and the tables to see whether there's value to anything. And they're like, this makes zero sense for a DIY or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but it's not, it's probably not for you in the first place. It could be to fulfill other, other obligations they have as a business. We don't really know, but yeah, I would agree because it's like, it doesn't probably make a lot of sense. So the, the, the other question I have then, and we're still talking from high level, we haven't really dug into too many charts yet, but, um, hardware, oh, I, you uh, show you another one. No? <laughs> oh, you've got plenty. Uh, hard, hardware and box did a, a theoretical 7,800 X3D review by disabling one of the CCDs and saying, Hey, what if this chip just had the one Vcash, uh, CCD did, did you do, did you try to do any of that? Uh, testing Gordon no and I I kind of you know it's one of those things where I wished I had been that clever to think ahead but it's one of those <laughs> things where you kill yourself to just get it done in the first place and then adding in additional videos everybody sort of picks a path that they're trying to do something different I think it was super clever because it is it is a value to see like well what would it what, it, what would it perform like in a in a single CCD configuration so were, were they the ones that had Factorio misallocated to the wrong yes. guy so I, I think they yeah. I, they may have like kind of stumbled backwards into doing that because they had you know it could was, be yeah. I think it was it was showing worse than you know I think it was, oh is that is that official I, they yeah I, I think it was them somebody did a benchmark Factorio and it was at the literal bottom of the list of like twelve CPUs and it was because it went to the wrong guy then they go back into the BIOS and like disabled that that's how they ended up with the yeah. simulated seventy eight hundred. And then it was like by by twenty five percent at the top of the list uh, after they did that. Oh, that was by accident, or was it? No, I think it was a failure of whatever selection logic is is. I, I don't know that they got into the process. I Which think that, we that was another thing we were wondering. We were like, man, you know, through all this testing, where where are the seams actually going to break? Right. Are there going to be times where you know it it kicks it to the wrong CCD or Windows makes a bad decision? I mean, Gordon, in your testing, you didn't really have anything weird no. right so i so the you know because there was early on as a reviewer you're like oh can i just drop the cpu in and go because you really like i don't want to have to reinstall redeal with everything um the guidance was it was probably better to do that but you didn't have to and of course one of the problems is you don't want to burn five hours and go like ah this ain't working so i i did a clean install I, my problem though was on my board i was not what I was doing BIOSPAC because it was recommended that you do BIOSPAC for the newest uh, BIOS to make sure that everything takes. It wasn't working. I don't know why it was, but I think it actually, it turned out that it's it's something weird with, and I've seen this on the internet because I was trying to figure out like Gigabyte. So when you do the BIOSPAC, you, you put the file on a flash drive, you name it, gigabyte.bin. Well, <laughs> it's potentially case sensitive. And it's actually not clear which way it's case sensitive. It's like some people are like, oh, it's got to be all uppercase gigabyte dot lowercase bin. And some people were like, oh, no, the, the G and the B are up and the instructions from AMD are 
uh, G and the B are up. And it's like, it, it didn't work for me. And like, and I think I would have had to go through and like try to change it. eventually. So the first time I ran it and I actually was running for a few hours and like, this ain't right. Cause they, they give you, you know, what's called sanity check numbers. The numbers are normally not supposed to be shared with, it's not for publication. You're not supposed to write a story about it in, in general. It's just so kind of like you, a reviewer's guide. In a, it's a reviewer's in a guide. Game, right? yeah. You're not totally forbidden from doing it, but it's frowned upon. If you do show off the numbers that they do, they of course leaked that leaked about a day in like after they released it to us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell happened there, but uh, so my sanity check numbers were like, why is my score off? Like what the hell? Right. So it took me, it definitely took me some fussing. I, I, you know, it was two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, screw this, go to bed, wake up the next morning, start messing with it again. And you're like, why isn't this working? Then I finally realized, holy smokes, why is this BIOS not updated? Right. Cause it, it was the, it was a previous Agia went in and I updated it. And okay, now everything's working because now I'm getting performance. I'm expecting. In fact, I've seen reviews out there. I'm not going to say who, but I've seen reviews that look to me like they also had the wrong BIOS because you will get a depressed Cinebench score unless you're running that updated BIOS. And I, I don't, there were definitely some Which actually, complications. Which uh, actually, uh, Steve, our, our friend Steve from Gamers Nexus had uh, uh, actually showed results of an older BIOS and a newer BIOS in, in the same charts, which I thought was interesting. I mean, most people are obviously going to want the newer BIOS, but it was kind of interesting to see yeah, it was uh, like how it was, different it was. You would depress, you know, like in Cinebench single-threaded, you know, it was like 1,850, right? You like it. Not huge, but it was a it was a nice you know kick in the face, and this actually brings me to this chart here because I do want to point <laughs> this out. Chart. Because here, check this out. Can we do this? No, I can't do it. Thank you. <laughs> this is the uh, Ryzen Seven. Look at this fifty eight hundred X three D. And I'm like, I'm gonna I can't do Madden here, and boom, fourteen hundred and fourteen hundred and ninety for single threaded performance. 5,000, Ryzen 5,000 was really good, awesome part, but you got to peak, you got to you gotta run the ball, you got to stop the ball, stop the run, run the ball. And you can just, oh wait, this is, wait, I just realized, wait, is this looking, I, I can't. I, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> this, I'm just saying, look at this. No, wait, no. no. Next slide. Next up, but I'm just saying, look, you're looking at a huge... Deep, you're, the single data performance, and again, let's go back. Yes, I'm going to leave without saving because I don't want to see it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> this is, again, the difference here. Oh, I can't. I got to go to markup. Why can't uh, I just do this without marking up? Uh, Look at this. Sorry. Look at that. Boom. There you go. Right? <laughs> There's a big difference between the Ryzen 7 5800X3D and multi-core performance. <laughs> and also in single thread. Let's go back to that slide. And 5,000 was great with five because it really got them really close to Intel of the day, right? In single third performance, it actually got them ahead of it. Awesome part, but it is not going to hold a candle to Ryzen 7,000. In fact, if you go and look at, because a lot of people, look, I, I, the Ryzen 5800X3D is an awesome gaming CPU, but go and look at the coverage by Hardware Unboxed for the 7600X versus the 5800X3D. And it gets its ass handed to in a lot of games by the 7600X because, again, higher higher frequencies, higher higher IPC, right? So I, I think people need to keep perspective on on 5800X 3D. It's like, I don't know. It's gotten a little out of control. It's like 1080 Well, but I, I, think, it, I think it's also the price thing. 
Right. Yeah, no, the, yeah. like like for the well, price yeah. that you can get a 5800 yeah, X3D, which actually this morning, like I, I saw, God, I can't remember, it was either Amazon or Newegg. I saw it for under 300. Wow, which was the first time, right? So you get that, you get you get an older motherboard, you know, like like or for, for the price. So to me, the like to me, like if I had an AM4 box, or an existing, yes, yes, existing. Yeah, cheaper I, memory also. Cheaper, yeah. I mean, if you look at like, yeah, if you got an existing <clears throat> AM4 board with a 2000 or a 1000 or even a 3000 going to 5800 x3 is a yeah. no-brainer oh yeah especially tie that with a newer gpu you're you're in good shape you don't really have to do much so i think that that is clearly a big deal if you're doing a budget build where like you know i want a gaming box i mean basically I'm a budget 90, upgrade budget upgrade Robin, if i'm a 90 percent gamer that makes a lot of sense because you can still access but you have to throw it out you can go to 16 core count but you could do the CPU, and you'd imagine in two years a fifty nine fifty X will be cheaper. That's going to be good too. But at the same time, you know it is pricier to get in an AM five with seven thousand. But you know you'll be able, you'll be able to run Ryzen eight thousand potentially Ryzen nine thousand and ten thousand on there as well. So there's also that that natural upgrade path. So I, I think you just have to decide what is best for your budget and your needs. And but you can't sim- simply decide that simply because this one thing works for you that nothing makes sense now. Everything else is irrelevant because this is one thing like but it's not also, irrelevant for you. It's, also, a lot of people who are confused, like, wait, who is who is the seventy nine fifty X three D for? I mean, hey, it just sold out on New Age. <laughs> you know, like I mean, unless maybe there's a, a small allocation, but I, my my gut is telling me it's probably selling just fine. So <laughs> yeah, no, and it's it's. And again, I don't actually think the reviews were harsh on it. Actually, no, I think no. I actually, if you look at all the reviews, it's very much like, yeah, it is. It is a is a great part. It is expensive if you're going to do a pure gaming build. So you know, we wish you could do a seventy eight hundred X, but X three D, but that's what it is. Do we want to? Do, we could. Well, do we uh, even need to do any of these damn charts? I, 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 you know, I know how much you love charts. We do have some uh, some super chats. Uh, I want to get to just to continue to spur conversation. Uh, Joseph Smerker. Uh, gave us ten dollars. Thank you so much. Said, uh, how well do you think the seventy nine fifty X three D would hold up against an overclocked thirteen nine hundred KS with an extreme cooling setup like EK's uh, water block? It, which that brings me to my other thing. There were some people curious why your KS part that you included actually underperformed in some games versus the normal K. Yeah, I had problems with my KS part I, when I swapped it out from the because I so for this review cycle I basically. You know, went, I moved to 4090s, so since I did 4090s, I updated everything. So Windows 11, you know, 2H22, because it's the newest, latest thing. You want to use that. Uh, I did a swap out for the, from the K to KS. My numbers were a little depressed. Initially, in fact, my numbers were worse. And I, re- I had to reseat the memory, and that actually solved most of it. I'm still not convinced that solved everything. But there's definitely some, let's, what's some good? Uh, a couple of the games... I, I can't remember the game specifically. Well, like here, here is like CSGO, and I think this is a, it, what you kind of expect from the KS. I didn't, of course, you could, I probably could have run it with even better cooling, but I didn't because I use the same uh, coolers on both of them. They're both, what? 360 360 million. rads. <clears throat> of course, they're H115s, and they're both uh, DDR5, 6000. But here you can see the 13900KS is like, oh, that's actually what you expect. Like, the KS part for all the grief it gets does kick ass on, on you know, again, this is, this is not, this is the workshop map, which I like because it is reproducible easily. And, um, it's, it's basically 
kicking the butt of the K, the X, and the X3D part to the tune of 913 frames a second versus 850, 842, and 824. And the 7950X3D actually performs worse because, you know, and actually Adam had a good point. Like, oh, it's probably because it's running on the V-cache part. Yeah, so it automatically, this is kind of one of the things you, I wish I could mark Counter-Strike to run on the non-stack die because I think I'd get higher performance out of it. And you're seeing that here because it's just lower clocks. But the KS generally is faster. There's other couple of places where it's... Oh, look at that cyberpunk. Yeah, your cyberpunk score was depressed. Yeah, my cyberpunk. Far, far Cry. And I don't know what is going on. I actually went and, like, I messed with it. Like, And I really would have expected, like, a better spread here in um, Rainbow Six Siege because this is, you know, it's a it's an esports game. It's very lightweight. Really, generally, higher clocks matter in this game. But, you know, it just, my cast part, sometimes a little disappointing me. I'm not exactly sure why it is. And I, I think I have to go in and run it with a different cooler, reseat the processor, like do everything all over again, which is, is going to be a, a pain in the butt. But, you know, honestly, I wasn't that, in, I wasn't that like overly concerned with it because I knew even if it were best case scenario, is it going to be 20% faster than a K part? No. It's not going to be twenty percent faster. Uh, it's going to be, you know, maybe decently five, six, seven percent. You know, I mean, and again, depending on the game, depending on the game, because you saw CS:GO. We're seeing, I, mean, I mean, this one obviously loves the cash. <laughs> this one, yeah. I mean, so like, here's things like you're looking at this Ryzen nine seventy nine fifty X three D eight hundred fifty four frames a second versus seven sixty on the seventy nine fifty X seven forty seven for the thirteen nine hundred K. And again, that score is, makes me wonder: Did I screw this up? 3900 for 3900 KS is 742. I again would have expected it to be probably more like 760, you know, closer to, you know, a six to 7% faster. But is that going to beat games that love that cash? Because look at that's 854 frames a second versus 747. Even if, you know, it's just, I don't think it's going to make, I don't think it's going to overcome the games that love AMD microarchitecture and also like that cache. Which, uh, yeah, show, show the slide that has the uh, the breakdown of of the games that prefer the cache versus the high frequency. Uh, I think that's that's a good uh, high level chart. Oh, this uh, one. Yes. The, uh, K uh, the, the, versus the, the oh right versus so the gonna, K. So this chart basically is showing all the games. <laughs> Ryzen nine seventy nine fifty X three D versus Ryzen nine. Uh, should I, I could try to draw on it, but no, no, no. Don't so you're gonna screw something up. <laughs> Versus Ryzen 9 7950X, World War Z Ultra. And this is all 1080p gaming. Um, and by the way, if you were going to run this at 1440p or 4K or ultra wide, just start making the bars smaller to the point where it's irrelevant. So I think that's probably the best way to approach it. Um, but look, World War Z, uh, Watchdog Legions, there's just a lot of things where the X3D part and that cast are just kicking all kinds of ass, right? It's just hard to believe. I also, I've thrown in some. 1% lows in there. It just improves overall. Everything's just better. Like Far Cry Ultra, there's just things generally 5 to 10% better. And the things that really love AMD and that cache, you're looking, you know, up to 20, 22% more. It's just really a very nice win. And then as we get down to this, as we get down to this area, right, you're seeing here. Then the lowest is only Metro CSGO, 4%. Strange Brigade, Ultra. Yeah, I mean, but there's definitely some things that are going to run better on Intel, right? There's just simply, and then also, let, let's oh, yeah, be honest, when you're down at like, 
when you're down at three to two percent, who gives a damn? So this entire sort of middle section, you know what? Let's let's ride on this. I'm gonna do Madden, and boom, you go right up through the field, and you get the Tur Duncan. It's a it's a turkey with a 5800 X3D and a 1300K. Uh, sounds dangerous. I mean, who cares, right? Honestly, who even cares about this area right here? Is this gonna get? Is this gonna get gross again? It's really all this stuff that matters, right? That's that's I, I think. So that's that's X versus X three D. The cash just you know that's that's very nice. I think for it, you know, and and funny enough, because I was wondering, uh, we've had this talk before. How do you know which games are going to prefer cash versus yeah. frequency? Can can you bet on it? I would say, I mean, you know, at least half the time, if not more, it seems like the games uh, that I've seen tested out there actually do get a benefit from the cash. Uh, I was listening to the uh, Broken Silicon podcast with a friend of the show, Tom. Uh, and he had a uh, he had a um, uh, a YouTuber on NXG. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but um, he, w- he was just interviewing about you know gaming stuff, uh, and they were theorizing that that the cash is benefiting on the PC to make up for the console having quicker storage or uh, options or, or something like that. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, that, is that is that a way the PC can kind of you know fight back against the 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 consoleization right. yeah consoles also have the unified memory model that exactly PCs, yeah that's PCs what it was lacks. yeah, yeah right. oh for yeah i so maybe, maybe this is a you know amd kind of knew that coming coming in interesting okay. that that hey cash is going to be a way to circumvent you know what the, the ability that consoles have so. kind of interesting to look at this games list from that perspective of like how many of these descended from how many how many of these are console ports right like how many, oh how many yeah oh that's crap. Good, how many of these were console developed first and then presumably the oh, port to yeah. descended from that and what architectural which yeah i mean cyberpunk is obviously down at the bottom yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i would fair. say that's probably pc well uh, so centric. this is actually oh wait this is the wrong cs chart. csgo obviously oh uh, did i did i have the wrong wait, where wait is what, this? what are you what are you looking for I thought I had a versus K. I yeah, yeah, it's screwed. right there at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, okay. So th- this is versus Intel. So this is versus Intel. So previously this, so you can see here where you're looking at, you know, X3D versus X. And again, you give up some of that clock speed and there's some games you're going to suffer performance. But overall, look at this, this mountain of results here. Not really a mountain because some of them are 1% lows. You just generally get more advantage out of games. So I, I can see the approach of just sort of throwing everything on the Vcash port because you're not going to know what all the games are going to give you and it generally going to, you're going to get better results because at the worst you're going to suffer a four to five percent you know penalty when you're running on the non-stack part but let's look at it versus intel so this is the 7950 x3d versus the 13900k and you know um intel's got some big wins here uh but so does amd and then it's, it's one of those things where you're like do you the companies want a they want basically the quote they can put on the box. This is world's fastest gaming, you know, CPU, right? Is would you say any of this would lean one way or the other for you? Because mm. I think it's very situational. Yeah, and I think it, it. I I think I think you want to declare one a winner, but honestly, I I just don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable saying one is the clear winner. I would say definitely I would lean toward AMD getting the leads most of the time because the cash does seem to help in a lot of games. Yeah. But there's definitely some things where, you know, uh, you know, 13 gen does fantastic on. And then also I really feel like it's a disservice. You know, the, they want to, they want to look for that quote. 
but it's a disservice to the actual consumer because for the consumer, if you have a 13900K or 7950X 3D part with a 4090 or even a 40 or a 4080, <laughs> you're not going to be hurting for performance in anything. So it just seems kind of silly. Yeah, like it's just know, it's marketing. <laughs> it, it is marketing, but I and I know people want to pick their winners, but you know honestly, I would. But I would definitely lean toward AMD getting more wins. But you have a really good point. Which of these are which of these are console ports? Uh, so far, well, you know, you, you, who knows how development proceeded behind the scenes if if PC was a primary development platform or not. But like Far Cry stands out there as like Gears Tactics, maybe mm, Dirt, part, probably. Yeah, Dirt. Yeah. Or, well, Horizon. You talking the, about the, at the bottom or the entire list? Oh, sorry, entire I was, was going to say Far Cry. So, like, I, I would definitely say, well, I mean, Horizon, absolutely. Uh, Which is second down from probably, the top. Probably most of the Ubisoft stuff. Tomb Raider. Yeah, Ubisoft. I bet uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say. Oh, so like, well, Rainbow. Well, but that started on PC, then it went to console, right? Yeah. Besides, besides Siege, I, I guess. But like Assassin's Creed. You know, oh, okay. Watch Dogs. Far Cry. Probably console first, I would guess. Uh, there are a lot of console first things. It's an um, interesting theory. I also had something that came up. We did a. In, I was looking through the comments in one of our other videos, and somebody was saying that um, I'm a software developer, and I'll point out. And it's like let me. I just want to throw this out there that games that are basically uh, overflowing the the cash of of the conventional of say like 7950x or the 1300k those games are just not well optimized because you really should be optimizing your games to stay within the cash not not overrunning the cash so the argument this person was was saying that uh, the games that are doing so well on x3d are just really kind of you know not not the greatest games for being optimized of course then everybody said oh intel fanboy but you know uh, one other quick note here. I don't know how many of the so on the ones that show a deficit here. I don't know how many of these this is the case for. Far Cry definitely was one where the X3D is way better than the X here. So even where this is losing to Intel, at least in that case, it's losing less. Like that means they've they've closed the gap uh, mm -hmm. from from the regular X. Good point. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we, yeah, we, we have we have some more more questions too to to keep going with this. Um, Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we did that. Um, a friend of the show, Dr. Ian Cutris, uh, hello, Tech Tech Potatoes in the chat, has said, uh, could you disable the VCash CCD in the BIOS completely? Could could you actually, in the BIOS, disable a CCD? I'm, you know, I'm sure you can. I didn't really dive into it because, so we did, Ian, we did this thing where I flipped it. Uh, did I flip it? So look, this is our, my, my, always my fun science experiment. Where the hell is this? Uh, it's on the left, the the mountain looking. The mountain yeah, one, yeah, that one. So this is the conventional one. So this is. Tell, tell, tell Brad what he's looking at. Here. So so Brad, what you're seeing is basically again. Uh, every time I run Cinebench, I get like I don't know a nickel or something like that. <laughs> I don't get a nickel. He, he they don't give actually. me a damn thing. Get on this gravy train. <laughs> so this is basically running. Uh, I like it because it's it's something that people understand. So it's a it's a it's a good reference. Um, this is basically running Cinebench from one thread to thirty two threads. Right. And you could sort of see the advantage. So this is X versus X3D. And you can just see that. Uh, should I try to mark it up here? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, can I do this in a non-obscene way? But you Probably can not. see that. You can see this uh, nice lead for the X because it's just got the higher clocks, mm. right? So it's got the higher clocks overall. This kind of gets a little bit to Ian's question here. And the the lower bar is basically because it's 
you know, it's got lower clocks. But it's only lower after the first eight. Yeah, it's lower after the first yeah. eight. And you can actually see this where we, so look, let's convert this to, <laughs> so this is looking at just percentage. So on the first left side of this is basically your lightly threaded task from one to eight, one to eight threads. You can basically see it's within the margin of error between the X and the X3D. And I, I like this because it shows that if they had made, honestly, if they had made this both, because a lot of the internet said, let's make the, uh, you should have made both parts stacked. Well, both of this, there would have been like basically negative five to negative six again. So it would have been down here. And would would people have accepted a more expensive stack? Because it's going to be more expensive because it's got the cash on it. Would you have accepted an even more expensive because you have to pay for two dies now that even gave up the performance here? Because a lot of that lightly threaded performance does matter in browsing Photoshop, and it just kind of it just kind of kicks you. And that was why you know that was AMD's original premise for like we don't want to give up performance across that low end. And of course, the internet said we want it, but realistically, the performance would have been pretty bad, I think. And and especially the fact that you're going into paying more for it. Um, and of course, the performance over here is because. You know, it's again, it has that lower. You're looking at negative four percent, negative four percent, negative six percent, because even negative seven percent all the way at the end, because you know you're running at a lower clock because you're in you're you're running on both the stacked and the non-stacked part at that point. So you just you can't be completely on par with the X part, but the problem is giving up this part, which people really they really undercount the meaning of that lightly threaded performance. I think. The weird thing about this, though, is because some games like like the lightly third like like the higher clocks, but they're being forced to run on the cash yeah. part, which is kind of a little bit of tension here. I, I I agree, but that kind of that kind of gets to what you're saying, Ian. And um, check this out. So let's find this other one. This one is this is this weird weird ass mountain one, right? Yeah, I, so I, that really leapt out at me in your review. So I did this thing where, um, oh wait, that's blue. We're not going to look at blue. We're going to look at uh, to the right more. Yeah. Oh, up, up, yeah. up one. Yeah. This one, right? Yep. Um, and then the green represents uh, AMD, and for the and for people who well, don't they're, understand, they're both AMD. They're both AMD. But for people who don't know, I'm just going to bring this up. Green used to be AMD's corporate color before red took over. Like AMD CPUs used to be green. Yeah. Logo, Some right. Yeah, the logo was green, and somewhere along the way, it all turned into red, and it's team red now. <laughs> Everything has to be red and blue now. Because, yep. because NVIDIA has green. but So green is basically the, uh, the, the, the X3D part, and the red is the X part. And what the difference, though, is, is I took this. So you can go into the BIOS, and you can actually flip it so that the instead of the cache part being favored first, the frequency, or instead of the... The the non-stack part being favored first, the stack part is favored first. So you basically flip it up, flip it on its head. I, I don't know exactly why it gets weird in the middle, but you can see we're at a deficit. We follow that green bar, and it's just basically always below that X part. The X part is constantly above it, and you can see. Let's go to the actual percentage here. Boom! No, that. <laughs> Rest in peace, John Madden. You can see again. So. Uh, again, look, if you flip the actual X3D part and you, in a way you're sort of pretending you have 
two stacked parts. If it had been stacked part, look, you would have been at a nine to ten percent, nine percent deficit here. It's just this is against the X. Why it gets weird in the middle? I I don't know exactly why. Who We're knows trying how to think it's that, being yeah, broken the, up? It's, uh, eight, uh, nine nine through sixteen was maybe put on the cash SMT threads. Yeah. So then it was definitely in a deficit. It could be, but I, I mean, yeah. so again, so like, look, at you're actually here, you're basically the same performance for some reason. Who knows what the hell's going on? But I think if you had turned off the X3D part or the cash part that, or it, you know, you can sort of see what you want to know, Ian, in a way, because I think the performance really does suffer if they had done all cash across both dies. So... That that's the point of the the weird charts there. So. Bread, bread of your eyes glazing over with all these numbers yet? No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, these review ones uh, sometimes get real, get real uh, numbers. They get really focused. low. I really. <laughs> I love this one though. The power though is really. Yeah, uh, that's yes. that's I, that's the other. It's, it's it's probably it's possibly the least sexy topic to talk about with a gaming CPU, but I'm very excited about the power efficiency on this thing. See, Gordon doesn't care. He says he says crank it to eleven. I'm, and yeah. he, heat up your house. It's a uh, free heating in the the winter time. You know, when it's cold in the winter and you're testing, I would actually put my hands over the forty ninety when it's running. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is nice. This is actually very nice. So this is basically the total power consumption of both systems. They both had forty nineties. They both basically had the same coolers, the same amount of RAM. Uh, of course, the CPUs and motherboards were different. The SSDs were the same. They had no external fans. Uh, RGB switched off on everything except for the RAM, but, you know, hey, they both had RGB RAM. That's only going to be a couple watts anyway. Uh, we basically take this, we run all four CPUs running Cinebench R23, and I record the total power consumption. There are different ways you can do this. You can record the power at the rail. You can record it with software. I recorded total power because I kind of think that's how you pay for it. So why do you care about the theoretical stuff? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Again, I sort of think my cast numbers, I'm certain I could wring more performance out of it. I've been accused of being pro AMD because I limited it to DDR5, 6,000. I should have gone all the that way. That was another question I had. 7,200. Okay, we'll answer that later. But I will tell you one thing. KS, when you uncap that power... I ran a default mode on both the K and KS parts because that, frankly, is how 99% of people are going to run it. You're not going to go in and find the legal limit of 253 PL1, PL2 and set that instead of 400 ICC max. You're going to leave it on auto. You're going to let the motherboard do it. <laughs> and that baby goes because I love this. Like The KS is like, we're almost at 500 watts, and we go up to like 540 across the entire run. <laughs> It's just, it's just going. Yeah. Well, we, we got a super chat from front of the show. Eek 44 gave us a 169 Danish crone. Thank you. Uh, said my 13900 KS beat that. So it's not the fastest, uh, no power meter here. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> for performance, I, I, and again, perform, I, and well, I don't want to get into the KS part too heavily. I want to say it achieved what it's supposed to do. It is there to be at the top of the charts because clearly if you look at the bulk of our performance charts content creation a lot of gaming it is faster than the k part okay is it a lot faster probably not could it be even faster. faster if you tested it differently could it be even faster yes but my main sure. thing is i i think the chaos was designed designed to be a, a chart topper and that's all it was designed to do because you know look it's using it's the average power here is 515 watts versus the the, the 1300k which was exactly 
not exactly lean on the on the power. Four hundred seventy-two watts. Kind of, for, forgive me. What's the distinction with the KS? I haven't kept up with that. Is it does it just oh, been higher, or is there more to? Well, it's in a way. So the original thirteen hundred K, they're both twenty-four core parts. Uh, the the original K topped out at like five eight on boost. You know, two cores at five eight. The KS, like, hey, we're going to go to six gigahertz. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. I've so seen, you I've got seen all the two, first six first to six gigahertz. Yeah, first okay. gigahertz. And you know, yes. and again. Yeah, sure. The, the the practical internet with Elena, like, oh my God, you saved an extra dollar. That's that's not who it's for. It is for you know, you know to 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 be the the chart leader, right? It's you know you you build muscle cars to get across the line mm-hmm. before your competitors because that's what oh the consumer goes like, oh my God, look how they won this race. Are you going to buy anything remotely like that? No, I'm going to buy the cheap you know crap box <laughs> and drive that around. But they this brand won. Yeah. And the value of Intel getting to six gigahertz first was extremely valuable. People don't that, that really means something. The first to be to six gigahertz means something. Because you plant your flag there first, that's the only thing that matters. You know whose flag is on the moon? Our flag. Somebody else flag get up there. We don't care because we got there first, right? <laughs> and if they had not done KS and AMD pushed out a special Ryzen part that got to six gigahertz first. They would lord it in Intel's face forever. So that you got to understand the value of that because it means something to be first. So I I totally understand it, and it is basically, it is a bin part from Intel. They okay. save the very best. Yeah. And how cool is it that you are getting the very best CPU of the lot? They basically went through every single K part, picked it off the line, picked the for best you. ones, put it in a box for you. There's something to be said for that in farm, farm to table. K- right. uh, like that. It's like that that Windows Vista Bill, Bill Gates signature edition. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this yeah. is the white glove version. Yeah, <laughs> but there. I mean, but that's. I mean, really, there's something. It is kind of cool. Yeah, there's a price premium, and yeah, yeah and you're yeah. getting. You know, there's. It's really hard. Like Silicon Lottery, they didn't like do the service and sell to you for five dollars more, right? They charge you more for it, so that was. It cost more. And that's why that part exists. Also, it exists apparently because they have holdings in power companies because <laughs> it goes for that power to get back on the man. power talk. Yeah. I mean, because the K is here at uh, 472 watts. Average. Average. And that's that's cutting off the, the idle power. And by the way, Intel generally, if you look closely, it, it does idle at lower than, than Ryzen. I found that generally to be the case. In the the or original, yeah. in the original seventy nine fifty X, which people screamed about, uh, and then they stopped screaming once the K came out. It is idle at about, or the power is about three hundred fifty two watts. And check this out, though, because we're looking at the bottom bar here, the Ryzen nine seventy nine fifty X again, same exact workload, the same parts in the box. The average is three hundred and twenty eight watts, so it's all the way down here across the run. So yes, it is slower, obviously against Intel and the X part, but the power consumption is really, really impressive. And this is not running eco mode. Yeah, I right. imagine you run this thing on eco mode; it gets pretty damn right. cool. Like yeah. this is slower than the Intel, but it's not slower in proportion to the performance to, and, and the power consumption. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say it, it's it's from two things. Number one, obviously that that stack part is running at a lower clock speed, right. so it's you know it's not needing to not juice it as much uh but also they did tell us that that they were undervolting 
these parts compared to the original non X or non 3D parts. They were like, hey, you know what? Maybe we juiced it a little too hot on the voltage, so we pulled back on here. We're getting savings and not having to worry too much about performance loss. So, so hey, one for undervolting, Gordon. That's that's a win for undervolting. Undervolting is the new overclocking. Yeah, Gordon doesn't like, Gordon, Gordon doesn't like it, but no? it's they're not undervolting. They're tuning it at the factory, is what they are. <laughs> Fair. They're doing it instead of us having to do See, it. That, my, Either way, it's the same thing. But my argument against undervolting as like this whole meme thing is... It's not a meme. It is really... It's very much what the companies should be doing. Yeah. They they can't do that that amount of tuning across the board that is... So it sounds like they did with this chip. Well, I mean, you, I'm sure you can you can wring even more out of it, right? Because there's, there's, there are ways to get... And that's something that is always left. It's like overclocking you were able to get a little more out of it than they could provide to you at the factory because they're not going to go in and, and tune every single damn one and also take the risk of, of smoking the thing. So, you know, under, under volting is, is a thing. It's, um, it's just like, so, it, and I think that, well, I don't, I don't want to get into this, but it's like hypermiling. Hypermiling is a thing. Okay. It's a real thing in your Prius to drive in front of me at 45 miles an hour on the freeway. <laughs> Can I ask real quick before you move on from this? Um, does Cinebench hit GPU at all just to put these no, numbers these in? No, these pure, are, so these are pure, pure CPU. CPU numbers. Okay. And if you, and actually I, I didn't do the gaming stuff, but generally in a lot of games, you know, even with the 4090, which can get pretty power hungry if you're going to push it hard, you're just not really pushing it that hard most of the time. And if you were to look at, I traditionally would do, uh, Metro runs because I can get two machines to run Metro at the same time. You might be 550 watts, maybe 600 in some loads. And that's total system power. And that's with the K and KS. So it just kind of tells you, like, I sort of think like power is something they can't hide. And you can see that in laptops where you have a MacBook Pro with 140 watt power brick that never goes over 100 watts. And you have a current high end gaming laptop that has a 330 watt power. Uh, power brick you, you can't hide the power that always is your your tell but uh, you know in actual gaming it's you know five to six hundred watts so a lot of people think if i'm going to run a ks with a 4090 oh my god i'm going to pop the circuit breaker in my house it's like no actually you're not unless you i suppose you could get a problem if you're in a really old house a victorian and you're using a bypass and not run with the ground and the amp, you're not really going to get 12 amps out of that circuit. Yeah, I guess it is somewhat risky if you're pushing it, but no. Uh, yeah, well, to, to go back to the a previous uh, conversation, a uh, Wassum guy asked, uh, they're, they're said, I'm going to ask it, uh, you, you gave AMD its optimal 6,000 megatransfers per second on the DRAM. Uh, why did you not give Intel at least 7,200 megatransfers per second on on? on the the DRAM. I mean, obviously it's to to keep things fair. We can go past that, but how much more performance do you think you would have gotten if you would have went with higher clocks on the the RAM? Uh I you know, I think for most of the things I've seen, you know, you you pick the path that that makes sense. I think, you know, 5 to 6% possibly for KS. I think you could potentially get more. It depends on the game, of course, depends on the application. Clearly Intel would benefit from it. And I agree with you. It is a weakness of the review cycle and uh, the problem. We are, in a way, sort of like refs, unfortunately. We sort of have to pick a way that we want to review it that we think is fair. And then also we can fit in the time allotted because the way to do it, honestly, would have been to test it with 7,200 and 6,000. But, 
you know, you <laughs> don't point you need to sleep. <laughs> you don't have that. You don't. Well, yeah. You, and then there's also literally not enough time to do it. Right. Because it takes it takes quite a bit of time to to run it, to basically rebuild the system again with a different CPU and rerun everything again. Make sure you haven't screwed anything up, which, again, I, I burned some hours on the X3D initially because the BIOS didn't take. And the KS part was giving me problems as well. And I do want to point out because what's fair and I do think there is an unfairness. I did it because ideally I, I knew the optics of running AMD at, you know, 6,000 and running Intel at 7,200 would immediately go like people watching it would go, Oh, you, you intentionally rigged this against AMD. So like if they were better in anything and they are better in some things, is it because I rigged it for them? Cause I'm running. Why aren't you running AMD at 7,200? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is it's really, really hard to get AMD parts to get up to 7200 and above right it's just not a lot of people say it's it's actually impossible but you know there there are some problems getting there with the current memory controller in amd so is that cheating it for amd i don't know i i would like to see both and you know i will go all the way back to the original ryzen 1000 series that i did reviews on back then i actually run i ran it with all the memory dims like all four slots full my rationale was like, look, if you're going to run four dims full, this is what you're going to run. And by the way, if you ran the these parts with the with the memory slots full, you couldn't run them at higher clocks. So I was like, kind of that was my in a cheap way of getting out of it. And you know, and you and this is not this has not changed because original 1800x, a lot of people then you are very much like a ref on the field because now that everybody in the stands is yelling at you like. You like, why did you run? Because originally the Ryzen 1800X really didn't run high memory clocks, right? It had a lot of problems with, with memory. You couldn't run high clocks. You couldn't run it high clocks that were fully loaded. So then it was like, when the 2000 series comes out, you need to run it at this. Everybody was like, so everybody was like beating every, every, every reviewer over the head. You need to do this. So then everybody, of course, okay, we're going to run it at higher. And, and then, so what is right? I, I don't know. You get kind of pushed back and forth between what is balanced what's fair to one side, what's fair to the other side. I will say like for what I did, I think it's realistic because 6,000 is frankly what people buy, right? If you can't afford 7,200 or you bought 5,000 or you already had 5,000, that's what you, or 6,000, that's what you're going to run. Well, not, and not everyone could be Will Smith and have 8,000. Yeah. Not yeah. everybody can be Will Smith. Have they make that? Uh, well, yes. That's what wow. we gave him. <laughs> so you, it is an actual realistic, you know, scenario a lot of people are going to run in also that's why i selected a lot of reviewers they will run k and ks to the letter with power limits which i frankly think is i disagree with i mean it's fine for me i I disagree with it for me because i think it's wrong because my feeling is most people they they get a system they drop it in there default bias setting unlimited power baby right so that i think that's actually realistic whereas i'm sure that amd's when they did their testing, they probably used the the to the letter two hundred fifty three watt PL one PL two, and then probably you know for KS they probably used the three twenty as well. I I ran them both unlimited, so I, I think it's I think it's just fair because I think if you're actually running to the letter, it's not realistic because that's not what the boards are setting. Uh, I'm sorry, I just double check. It was seventy six hundred. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, for yeah, Will. Yeah, 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 yeah it was Will. Quite, but still, uh, come on. Uh, <laughs> But uh, at, at the the other end of it, uh, yeah, I'm actually seeing a, a number of comments. Surprisingly, like uh, like like Matt here says, why would it be cheating? It's not Intel's fault that AMD's memory controller sucks. Right. 
No, I mean, that's, but I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Because I, that, and that is, again, it's like, just like Obi-Wan said, it's from whatever point of view you're coming from. I don't know. It looked like he wanted you to have that lightsaber to me when I cut his legs and arm off. <laughs> but I mean, like this, this argument goes all the way back to, you know, Pentium 4 versus AMD. Because a lot of reviewers took, they, they took Pentium 4 and then they cranked the clocks back to match an Athlon chip. Which is like, hey, let's run, let's run this at Pentium three. Let's run this on Athlon at one gigahertz or eight hundred megahertz, right? Like, look how horrible Pentium four is with that long pipeline. Performance is terrible, right? At at what eight hundred megahertz? It was terrible. And like, wow, yeah, you're right. But of course, from Intel's point of view, like, why don't you take that AMD or Pentium three and run it up at like one point eight gigahertz? Oh, you can't, right? So which which is fair? Which I and then is the dilemma. I don't know. I like it's just it's it's or you know yeah. there's no. I mean there's there's no right answer. It's just there's uh, no right answer. If, if anything, I I actually think it's good that everyone comes to a different thing because then you you all you, all the reviewers do something different, then you can just kind of see how how things are run different. Which is another reason why people always are why why don't all reviewers do the same exact thing? I actually think it's better if it's not because then you get to see different situations. But uh, we should wrap it up pretty soon to move to the next topic. We've, yes. we've been talking about this for a while. We have. Um, we, we had a, a question uh, that I think is a good way to wrap it up. Uh, uh, Ivan uh, Bigelow, a uh, friend of the show, said, uh, I just got a PC with a 7950X non-3D in it a few weeks ago. Should I have waited? Will an upgrade to the X3D part be noticed? I mostly play games and it has been great so far. No. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, if I'm an AMD shareholder, yes. But no, you don't really... <laughs> Again, 7950X is a fantastic gaming CPU. Yeah. Well, right? but, but also, I mean, it depends. Like, yeah, do you have, do you have, you know, something that's, that's running 4K? You know, right. like, like if, if, you, if you're doing high frame rates and GPU is, is the end all be all, that 7950X is going to last you a while. <laughs> right. So, yeah, did, I, I wouldn't worry about that. Sure. Could you have gotten more? Yes. But also, if you're not having any problems now, you know, like, and you're not GPU limited by any means, like, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, and definitely, yeah, you have to consider the games you play, what resolution you're playing at, and how you play. And again, you know, what? how do you play, too? Because, like, for me, probably, Brad, are you old school? I play games as a private experience. I get to yell at other players that are stupid on my team, and that's it. <laughs> People now, they play games, and they're streaming, and they're doing 10 other things at the same time. You know, for you, that won't make any difference, but that that is a factor, too, right? Depends on, yeah. on what you're doing in the background. Yes. Well, and, then, and so yeah, uh, Brad. How, how I know I know we've been chatting for a little bit about you know getting you a new PC. How how are you feeling about the situation between AMD and Intel? I, I know you've been wanting to go AMD. Yeah, I've I've traditionally have been on this weird like decade long flip flop cycle. Mm-hmm. Like I went AMD for the first time around the Duron six hundred. If, if people are old enough to remember that, like <laughs> yeah. about once a decade, I flip back to the other one. Interesting. And, just, and I've been on Intel for about twelve years now, so it's kind of feeling like, um. This thing's not, like, quite the slam dunk I hoped it might be, mm. and the weird esoteric, you know, split die stuff, and, like, who wants to deal with guesswork about, like, did the system assign the game to the right die to, like, am I getting the right performance? Do I need to benchmark every game I play to make sure this thing is doing its job? Like, that, the guesswork around that stuff is not super appealing, but this thing still, maybe we'll get into it maybe in a different video, but, like, my use case is I am very much, like, I need a really good gaming machine. I also do a lot of workstation-ish productivity stuff you know i'm like dealing with audio and video compressing a lot of stuff like occasionally compiling software you know like yeah. i need something that does everything and this that's practically the marketing line for this thing right it's, it is it kind of does everything yeah it does everything and it does it really well because you get you know again you almost get 
almost, you know, best of class, all core performance. You're getting really, really good single threaded performance and then exceptional gaming performance, especially when the cash matters. So yeah, it's, it's a tough, I mean, I, I guess I can't complain. It's weird that everybody wants to complain. Cause you know, just if you I mean, want the, the internet, if you want, <laughs> if you want the clock back to when you built your system, which is uh, obviously a KB Lake class machine, it was Skylake at the yeah, time. Skylake, KB Lake, you're you're like that was like that was the only choice in town. Yeah. You got either you're like you go all the way up to twelve hundred bucks with a six core, eight core, or or you had quad core. <laughs> now, oh my God, I'm I'm being so wrong by being forced between. Picking a twenty-four core K or a twenty-four core bin KS or 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 a sixteen four a sixteen core X or or a sixteen core X three D part like you're doing me so dirty like what the <laughs> hell like or I can go all the way down a core i five Ryzen five and save a ton of money and get you know four times the performance I got five or six years ago I I, I don't yeah yeah <laughs> well so but why why has AMD like caught your attention this 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 time around I, I know it's been a number of years not just you know this new stuff but amd has been tickling your fancy um it was around the time the zen 3 was starting to be heavily promoted that i took notice again i was uh, like oh okay. man they've really figured out this multi-core thing you know like this chiplet design seems very smart for the number of cores they can deliver for like reasonable prices so that was kind of the, the point that i almost i budget stuff it's not worth getting into i i basically was very close to building a 5900x a couple of years ago and oh, it just okay. kind of fell through at the last minute so uh, i might not be sitting here right now if that machine had come together but okay. that that's where i was leaning at the time that those oh, came okay. out was like okay. zen 3 had made such a strong showing that i was like you know, I'd, you know multi-core matters these days like they seem to be doing yeah. it right also i don't want to talk about my use case too much here but like you know i, I work from home now like my, my machine is on 70 or 80 hours a week <laughs> yeah um and, you know, I'm paying my own power bill. Like, power efficiency also is a thing. Oh, and, oh. like, Intel might be the fastest in a lot of metrics, but also I look at that power consumption and it's... Yeah. It's a little bit much. And I, like, I like a quiet system these days. Like, I just, I like I like a system that isn't spinning fans up all the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, efficiency matters to me also. So you can go... I do want to point out, though, Intel idle efficiency is really good. And lightly threaded. That, yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, these things are not cranking all threads constantly all the time, but... Yeah, but I but I hear you because I, yeah, I had this problem where I was afraid, uh, like the one circuit that I was running my son's PC, my daughter's PC, and my PC, and then I installed the <laughs> air conditioner on that same circuit. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to play games or crank mm -hmm. up anything hard to do during the while they're running anything. So, uh, okay. Um, last last super chat. Uh, but before we move on, uh, front of the show, front of the show. Uh, Den Denvera 1G1. Uh, sorry, I mess it up every time. He has five dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, you'd love me, Gordon. I hypermile in my nine seat, five point seven liter, six door limo, twenty eight miles per gal gallon on the interstate, thirty five miles per gallon on the highway. Same engine as the Corvette. What what, what is hypermile? I have to. Yeah, oh, I so have to know. <laughs> hypermilers are the people. Well, originally it was made famous because the Prius would, or they had the efficiency, like basically had flow meters. Uh, or I guess actually it would even go to people who would have gas cars. It basically shows your fuel consumption. and You're trying to hit that optimal Of course, You're trying to hit of the course. optimal consumption. And by the way, the slower you go, the more fuel mods you get. Hmm. Now, of course, when you're on the freeway and you're driving, I don't know, 46.78 miles per hour, 
in the number two lane <laughs> on the freeway, it gets people angry. Yeah, so what you, what you gain like in that. fuel efficiency. So <laughs> they're just in the social context. And that to me, like <laughs> it, that's why I, I look, look, the, the undervolters are cool and everything, but, yeah, but undervolting doesn't always mean slower. That, that that's, that's you're, where you, you're optimizing for performance. No, but you don't understand though, because over the, the days of overclocking, was did you think about like oh my god look how much power this was that was the days over the days of overclocking you needed a quality 1500 watt power supply atom and we're talking about with oh, single sure. core cpus right so you were trying to like it was like oh my god it's so cool this muscle car gets six miles to the gallon like it's kind of cool right so that's <laughs> and then from, from that we have now turned in turned to turned into hypermilers. Like, oh my god, I can crank out so much efficiency and great get gigahertz. Well, yeah, no, don't you think it's cool? We're hitting yeah. six gigahertz with way less power than used to be consumed yeah, by does, by a single core CPU. Yeah, that, that does kind of speak to the performance you're getting out of the box these days, right? It's um, it's just clearly a a little different vibe. I don't know if you you both <laughs> don't get the vibe, but there is something cool about about something blowing up. Like the it's explosions versus like non explosions or like the, you're like literally like it's just an amazing celebration of waste because the Gordon, we will never Gordon has our, started plenty of fires in in labs. No, but you will like, never you will never they will never be over. It will be like you're celebrating the never ending resources and and and, and humans ingenuity to always overcome. That was. <laughs> Now we've turned into, let's get the most we can out of it. Uh, well, speaking of getting the most we can out of this podcast, I think let's switch over to uh, to another topic, which is uh, gaming. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think we're all PC gamers here to, to one degree or another, but but Brad, you're, you're a professional, ga- professional mm. gamer. Just kidding. No, Stretching the definition yeah. of the term, but sure. Thank no, you. Um, but yeah, I, I think... I think what I'd like to do during this section is just talk about gaming, you know, in in regards to the reviews and and stuff we're talking about here, but also like P, where you see PC's place in the gaming space. Obviously, there's always that leapfrog of hey, a, a new console generation can be faster than a PC traditionally, but then the PC starts to catch up. That kind of stuff. It's been thrown off a, a, a little bit, but we're. Like I feel like those lines have blurred to me. Like consoles are just PCs now, yeah. but maybe that's just me being a PC person. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? The, the move to—I mean, it's way more nuanced than this. The move to x86 on the consoles definitely had a little bit of a leveling effect. It feels like to some degree. Um, like I, the, the thing that stands out to me is just how ubiquitous the PC is these days. Like, right? that, like fifteen years ago, I might have said like, "Oh, I, you know." Nobody under 40 is going to want to play games on a computer in the future. You know what I mean? Like, it felt oh. like maybe, like, coming out of the beige box era, it felt like that might be the thing. Huh. But I see people all the time in, our, in my age bracket talking about, like, oh, my eight-year-old wants a gaming PC. He doesn't want a Switch. He doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, the PC. And Gordon says that, too. Yeah. He's, like, he's got kids. Like, like, in that age bracket in particular, just, like, super young people want a PC. They don't want a console. That, you know, you know, and and why, like, why do you think, why, why are the, the reasons you're hearing? Um... It's better. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's definitely part of it for some people. It's just like, hey, I want the thing that runs the best, and that's clearly this large, upgradable, kind of expensive machine, and not this like <laughs> small, integrated, fixed target, right? But um, like life service, like the proliferation of life service games has been a big deal. You know, like Minecraft is not a life service game, but it was kind of the first like huge cultural phenomenon that was PC first, and then on through like Fortnite and all of the stuff that has a season pass that that is kind of a way of life. You know. 
that, that people keep up with these days. Will, Will like, Smith's PUBG. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like that stuff is typically best played on a PC. Um, games are way cheaper on PC, obviously, is, you know, like the... Well, well, like a Steam sale every other month these days, oh you know, God. it's like yeah. you can wow. kind of get everything for pennies, a dollar. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's obviously a lot of very obvious advantages. Well, well what about streaming? I, I, like, you know, sure. I, yes. I, this is the weird thing to me. I, I know streaming is built into the consoles, but like, I feel like I don't hear people talk about using it. The, the like, it's only, usually on PC. The, the only place I see people using the built-in streaming on consoles is on consoles where they surface it in their stores. It's like, here are the people uh, on PS5 streaming Horizon. Yeah. And it'll be people for eight viewers streaming it off their... <laughs> Anybody who seems remotely interested in streaming is doing it from a PC or two PCs these days, right? In all yeah. cases. Can I, Brad? I have a question because you know, again, for people to know you, you're an old timer like me. You've been doing this for you know, when you can say you've been doing it for decades, you're an old timer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's it's valuable because you have perspective into again the days when PC gaming was actually seen as dying. Oh yeah, right. Because yeah. a couple decades ago, fifteen years ago. The prediction was PC gaming is dead. Yeah, everybody thought it was it was over, and consoles had taken over, and we were never going to recover from that. I I thought about coming in here to talk about that, and I was like, is that trite to still bring up in this day and age? But I guess like people have forgotten now, right? Uh, yeah, G- Gordon Gordon still talks. Well, about I, still it. Talk I I mean, I would love I love talking about this I, stuff. It's just you know, like Steam is such an institution these days that people forget that it was like what around it was like right right around the time Half Life Two was coming out, right? Like yeah, like. You couldn't sell boxed PC games in a Walmart anymore. Like nobody right. was buying. Nobody PCs bought it. Like, you could buy. Like, you could buy box consoles right, games. Right. Like the the PC games selling business was moribund at that point. You know, and it was just like, well, I guess consoles are going to be it from now on. And then Steam happened. And yeah, well, uh, but I mean, Steam and, did not exactly come out and like, to, oh, it was uh, awesome. People, Believe me, it was a trash. Especially fire people that were not there. Like people hated Steam. When it came yeah. Out. Like people were like, what do you mean you want me to install a launcher? just to play your game get out of my face like it, was, <laughs> it was not a popular thing for the first three four years i feel like but it's just funny because but you do because a, a lot of like a lot of younger people think i'm insane like that that age did not exist like there was a time where we were on our deathbed it felt like i remember being at this it was a press conference for the pc gaming alliance i don't know if you ever went to one of those no but okay it would have been like uh who was in the super bowl this year i can't remember uh, Chiefs and uh, Eagles. Eagles. Okay, yes. it would have been like being in the locker room in the Eagles, in the Eagles locker room after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl because you sure. just like everybody was like this is it. It was like yeah. you were just like it was over. It was your loss. You're losers. Go home. <laughs> and it really felt like that. And it was like and they were you know trying to save me. And it really, it was really really dark days. And I'm just amazed because now we're to the point where I don't think anybody even. Because, you know, the thing is, we repeated that because we survived consoles and then we then survived the iPad because a lot of people thought iPads and phones were going to kill PC gaming. Yeah, phone gaming was the next, it, I mean, it was going to kill console gaming, right? Uh, there was talk of that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I mean, but I mean, it feels like, isn't this just like, I mean, I'm trying, I'm rambling here, but we are now to the point where everybody just simply exactly expects that everything's going to coexist i don't think console gaming is ever going to go away i don't think mobile gaming is ever going to go away i don't think pc gaming is ever going to go away isn't that it's kind of have we sort of like reached this new age where people can just get along because honestly the reason why i've always had this problem with consoles and like people think i'm petty is because there was a time when consoles were literally trying to kill the pc yeah. right they were they were marketed and, against and it doing they were all the, the their their customers are out there kind of like you know like dancing on our graves and all that stuff and I still have that memory in me, but 
today I, I don't I don't really think it's an issue, right? There's just oh. gaming just generally is so big. Who cares? I mean, it's become culturally accepted in a way that I never yeah. expected it to. You know? Yeah, that's, you're that's, right. That's really what drives it is like everybody plays games now. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, it's not something to be stigmatized or it's not even like a niche or esoteric hobby anymore, right? It's like practically everybody is coming in contact with some kind of game at some point. The biggest entertainment industry on the planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, but so then here's my question, though. Everybody can get along right now because there's plenty of money, plenty of customers to go around. If we if things start tightening up again, then people start fighting each other for customers again. Yeah. Do you think we could see, you know, basically either consoles or tablet or mobile gaming again? Or, I mean, we also have now stream gaming. Yeah, cloud like, gaming. You always want to push somebody off the life raft when, when the, the, the food supplies get tighter, right? So I, I just kind of wonder if they're going to come for us again like they always... Cause I, I, I say they come for us because they've come for us now like... I don't know, 10 times. So I think there's a pretty good pattern. I'm just afraid that, again, you know, right now, Microsoft is a great friend of the PC gaming. And it looks like that is, like, going to be permanent. But I'm always afraid somebody's going to come after us. Or... I, I, I do think that is uh, a, a good point to be made, too. Like, Games for Windows Live was them trying to, you know, unify the thing. But I feel like, you know, as of the... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, who's the head of Xbox right now? Uh, Phil, Phil, Phil Spencer. Yeah. I feel like under his era, he's just like, hey, we just, you know, we don't care where you play it. We just want to do the games. Like, that is definitely a, a, a tonal shift, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that, and, that, that is like a top of the list of things I never thought a console maker would say. But Yeah, well, and, and you saw the news of, of uh, Xbox um, partnering with NVIDIA to get on on. Uh, uh, on GeForce yes, Now, which yes, I thought was, I yes. mean, obviously there's, there's some they're doing regula- it regulatory the, pressure yeah. there for sure. But but, yeah. but man, I mean, uh, I I saw the news when I was riding in the car with Gordon, and I was just like, oh my god, yeah. like Xbox games on GeForce Now when they have a competing platform, like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah. that broke my brain. It's almost like <laughs> Apple and allowing the Steam Store onto uh, Apple Store after kicking Epic out into the cold. Right? Yeah, was, right. Hmm. <laughs> Are there any politics with that? That's yeah. it's really clever. Right? I actually kind of wondered if Windows on ARM was part of that too, because like mm-hmm. the Windows on ARM decision came very recently and like oh we love everybody we're even going to do windows on 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 and frankly i think that's the worst decision ever because <laughs> why the hell are you going to offer mac users on arm the windows operating system which they need to run some windows application why in the hell are you doing that when they will never ever offer mac os on x86 no. right so i just yeah P- well yeah uh but PC, uh, th- th- that is the other point. I feel like the newest version of gaming that we're talking about, you know, obviously PC, console, uh, phones, but now the streaming stuff, uh, where, where where do you think the streaming stuff fits in from from your end, end of things? Because uh, like for us, I mean, even for Gordon, you know, a lot of times it's just like, why stream it? I, I If I have the hardware here, I would rather have the hardware here. Streaming is just inferior. But yeah. are you seeing it differently? Um, I mean, you definitely see people out there who are like, why would I watch somebody else play a game? I can just play it myself, you know, but like... You know, well, no, I meant, uh, sorry, or, uh, cloud, cloud gaming, like, oh, like cloud, GeForce cloud, Now or that kind of cloud. That kind of streaming. That kind of streamer culture. Right, right. <laughs> um, gosh, like it... It seems like a good value add right now is where it's at. It's not necessarily like the thing that, you know, it's like all these bets were placed starting with like what probably on live, I guess, and Gaikai on and then, life, Yeah. And much more recently, like the Google Stadia stuff, mm-hmm. like 
people are like, oh, this is the future. This is the only way people are going to play games. <laughs> right, like, clearly yeah. not. All three of those are dead, by the way. Clearly, I mean, right? clearly that well, is. Yeah. I mean, on live, I think got got acquired and turned into technology. That was basically a technology buy. But like, yeah. But like as a as a value add to Game Pass, for example, you know, as as a like, hey, I own these games or I'm getting them from the subscription service. And oh, by the way. If I'm not at home near my PC or my Xbox, I could just play it streaming on a laptop in a hotel because I'm on a business trip like that. That seems like the use case for streaming to me right now. Like, yeah, because no, nobody's like replacing any sort of hardware, whether be it PC really, or yeah. or console. Just be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go straight cloud. I mean, I I know I I have a friend who's pretty into GeForce now and pays the premium because you know they have a tiered service where it's what is it twenty bucks gets you a forty forty eighty now yeah. I yeah. think so like you know they're happy to pay that because they get good ray tracing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like a still a pretty niche perspective to me. I think most people, I mean, there are latency concerns, there are quality concerns, like the technical end. That stuff has gotten way better, but it's... It, you know, it surprisingly has, like, uh, Gordon and I did a, a demo at CES. NVIDIA had a demo, uh, GeForce Now, on one system, and they, they didn't show which was which, and then a 3060 was on the other system, and they had us kind of, like, try both and then tell us which was which, or say which one we kind of liked better yeah uh, and and we both just blindly we're like oh geforce now felt you know felt better we're, we're actually trying to recreate that situation here uh, with some you know some of our own editorial people like yeah. it might be kind of a fun video yeah uh but i will say lately because i i, I do have that 40 40 80 uh version of geforce now uh and i also have a um one of the steam deck rivals it's aok zoe a1 uh so i was like hey you know what could it could i play because it has windows i can do geforce now on the handheld so could, could i play a game all the way through uh on just a handheld over geforce now you know and have the ray tracing and all that kind of stuff and actually surprise i mean then again i have a, a wi-fi 6e you know i've, I've got and fiber 10 gig or you know fiber to my house so i have some of the best situation to do it but i was like hey i could see this as a future of like oh you know what uh, my significant other is using the the tv you know maybe i load up a handheld you know and i'm like oh okay i get, I get to play all the bells and whistles yeah. there so th- that that has been kind of interesting personally we may still end up there you know i mean like it's not just bandwidth like you know streaming protocols and video codecs continue to get better and better like basically looking at like single digit millisecond latency on input on a lot of the stuff yeah i think at this point so like we're definitely getting to the point where the average person is probably going to be just fine with it but um I can't remember what the state is of. I feel like it's when the clients start getting out there built into TVs and and things of that nature is mm-hmm. when I think that's the real test for. I'd have to check. I think like Samsung has got a deal on Xbox on XCloud stuff. Really, like, that stuff is happening. I don't think any of it's wow. out on the market yet. But like once you're at the point, because you know, look how many people just use the apps built into their TV for for Netflix and stuff like that at this point. Like right. If you can just have a TV with Xbox streaming built into it, and you just buy a controller, and that's all you need. Like maybe maybe that's when it goes truly mainstream. I don't know. Do like I, I mean, I'm I am I'm the kind of obsessive that's like I'm 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 always going to want the best video quality and the best latency, so I'm always going to want to run a game locally. But that's you know, yeah. Some some people like good enough is good enough is kind of always the lesson of the mass market. Yeah, and, and I and I agree because you know for most people who who play and never go into the settings to change any higher visual quality settings, they won't know. Yeah. And do you think that's fundamentally more of a threat to consoles because the large I, I really sort of see consoles as large screen format living room yeah, play yeah because that's that's where it's always excelled and you know pcs very much wrap around like a cockpit yes. kind of experience yeah. like all the stream gaming looks like it's mostly going to go to tv right? yeah because it can get bundled into tvs 
fundamentally more of a threat to consoles in a way. Yeah, con- consoles have definitely always been the lower barrier to entry way to play. I mean, like, PC has never been more accessible to build a PC, but, like, you're still going to run into driver headaches once in a while. Like, right. You're still going to have have to open your system and do something, you know? So, like, yes, the, p- the people that are looking for, I just want to... My brother-in-law plays basically, like, every new Grand Theft Auto, and that's kind of it. Like, he doesn't play <laughs> other video games, you know? So, like, he doesn't need to buy a PS5 to play GTA 6 if he can just stream it off of a built-in app, you know? So, Oh, yeah, and actually, the uh, I, now that I'm thinking about this, it might be a good way to get past generations, right? I mean, that's the whole thing is like, ah, oh, I'm going to hold on to my, my old console for a while until it makes sense to buy the new one. But if you're just streaming it, and, you know, it doesn't matter what generation generation the hardware's on, the, you're streaming yeah. whatever. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and like, Microsoft has pushed things in that direction a lot, too, you know? Like, there's kind of a whole continuum of Xbox products, and the games, like, kind of continue to run, you know, two, three generations later. So hmm. things hmm. are kind of going in that direction, yeah. Now, I, I know you've talked about it a lot recently, uh, uh, but uh, the, the PSVR 2... Uh, has come out you know and and that's the next big push for for vr at least on on consoles uh where where do you see the overall landscape of, of vr because i know uh, gordon always talks about you got an index is that what it was or, yeah the uh, valve index yeah and then it just sits unused now <laughs> I was uh, literally going to say how yeah. much do you use it uh, i don't i only yeah. bought it because you know our kids wanted it and then when they said like oh yeah we'll buy that for whatever and then it was like you couldn't get them oh yeah it sold out kids and like and like two years later, like, hey, what's up with that Valve Index? Like, I guess we got to buy it now. And we bought it and like, oh, you use it all of 20 hours. And, you know, yeah. Um, it feels like it's going to remain a niche thing to me. It's, it's going to remain like a an add-on. It's going to, it's not, it's, it's hard for me to imagine like anybody ever just playing VR all the time. Uh, like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg uh, probably he, thinks he would, so. He would <laughs> basically betting the future of the company on yeah. it. Um, I mean, and that's notwithstanding even there being a library to support using VR all the time. But like, I just cannot see a future where you want to come home literally every day and put a headset on instead of just kind of plop in front of a TV or a well, monitor. But you, you talked about the, or at least on, on one of the podcasts, uh, whether it's next lender or tech pod, I can't remember uh, about like having, having the game run in VR. It wasn't VR, but it was yeah, just the, your own private screen. Right, the, the, essentially what they call it big screen, whatever the PSVR two mode cinematic yeah. mode, I think is, is the term for it. It's, yeah. it's basically, I mean, those are 4k screens. So I, th- I, I think it's 1080p resolution you're getting, of like virtual or logical resolution okay. of the screen that's kind of in your face. It's playable. It's very playable. And, and playing something like Dead Space, like having it that close to you does give you, yeah. give you a little bit more of, I, I'm kind of in this feel. Um, but like, I don't know, to me, like there's still just, there's an isolation and a little bit of a hassle factor that goes with putting on a headset having to deal with cords and not being able to see around you charging the, like, the, head, the hand it's like, the it's controllers like, yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's a nice change of pace and when people use the technology really well it, it can be fascinating but like change of pace i think is how it's going to remain like it's a nice nice thing to do instead of your traditional mm. tv games or monitor stuff as opposed to something that would supplant those things. Well, and there was talk forever like oh is xbox gonna you know have, have a version like like why do you think playstation is continuing with this where i feel like the other consoles are like not really caring too much yeah, about vr they they had like pretty strong success with the first piece psvr i'm not sure where the final numbers settled out but you know they were in the millions sold on that headset they did okay with it and i i'm 99 percent sure you can go back say probably 20 gosh 15 16 like i guarantee you there is a phil spencer quote out there about vr on xbox 
Um, and they then very quietly backed away from it <laughs> when they kind of lost that generation as hard as they did. Yeah. Like they, weren't they talking about partnering with Oculus? Oculus yes, Is that what it was? There yeah, was yeah, talk yeah. of being yeah. able to plug an Oculus headset into an Xbox that they just quietly dropped. Yeah. Um, they, they had a lot of ground to make up. I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to talk about PC stuff and not console here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's all but, intertwined. Yeah. You, you know, you remember how dismal the Xbox One launch was in terms mm-hmm. of mindshare, and they mm-hmm. really had to do a lot of legwork to... Wait, which is the Xbox One, though? Because I, whenever... I don't know the history of the Xbox, and I don't care, but, like, I always think the Xbox One, like, you mean the, the original Xbox? <laughs> Xbox One was the one that they wanted you to run your cable box through. They wanted it to be the epicenter of your entire kind of media existence. And, and so it always online connected. No, 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 no. That that is that yeah. does make t- talking about retro games difficult. Yeah. The existence of a product called Xbox One makes it very hard to talk about the original Xbox. I actually uh, thought that was oh, so you're talking about the okay, got it. I the yeah. one with Connect. Yes, yes. I so, you know I, it's funny. I I actually thought they should have stuck to their guns on that. And uh, always always online because now everything's always online. Yeah, yeah so. I mean they they would have I they got their face punched in on it and. It's unfortunate because I again, yeah, everything's online, and who the hell doesn't want to hook their console up to online? And then, of course, you always get the the old timers like, oh, what about people on nuclear submarines? Well, <laughs> maybe you should be watching the nuclear missiles or the sonar instead of worrying about. <laughs> but that's always the example. But it really, I swear to God, Elena's used that like ten times. But I, I just think like sometimes if they if they stuck to online only and forcing the connect and just kind of eating that. I think the experience now would have been so much better because it would have been because connect was really groundbreaking and all the developers would have said, Hey, every single Xbox has it. So I'm going to support it. Well, once they dump that overboard, everybody's like, screw it. I'm not going to support it. And it kind of like, it was just terrible, I think, because it could have been a lot more. Yeah, I mean, even connect Two had a ways to go. It still didn't quite do it the way that you wished it would have. Um, but yeah. That went the way it went, and they're, they are all in on video games and absolutely nothing else. At Some, point. Yeah, actually, sometimes I forget that consoles had a, a webcam version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, could you imagine what would happen if it had been in place and everybody had to do Zoom calls over an Xbox? Oh, actually, yeah, because yeah, it's like my, I mean, every PC I'm in front of every day has some sort of camera built yep. into it or, yeah. or, or, you know, connected to it. And so they, you can't play a video game without an internet connection either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no it's just kind of like... The kind of one. <laughs> it's just, it, unfortunately, the, the, the wrong path, I think. But, you know, I, I'm sure it worked out because they lowered the price and prices price is the thing that makes everybody buy your product. But yeah. it's yeah. unfortunate because I think it would have opened up some other roads. Well, speaking of pricing stuff, because I, I feel like that's another thing that is kind of on the weird periphery is that consoles are, are starting to creep up a little bit in price and other areas that are, are not the U.S. Uh, both manufacturers have started talking about increases. Maybe X, uh, Game Pass is going to increase in price. Like, I feel like the, the delineation has always been PCs are for the people who've got money to burn, right? Uh, usually older have you know stable income uh, and consoles are for people who you know just need to get the cheapest thing but now i feel like consoles man they they, they creeping up absolutely and <laughs> and also like I, I bet if you adjusted for inflation from like 1980 to today like the there's just like a, a this an x kind of thing of price to performance right yeah i, I, I have yeah. to i have to on, on the pc in, in particular i mean yeah like i i you know ideally you know the of course the Console people always argue actually the prices aren't that bad because the games get really cheap and all that stuff. And I would say though, 
my argument for PC is it does other things. So sure. that's that's right. general purpose tool. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, like you know, current say Nvidia prices aside, <laughs> no, that's kind of a hot button issue. But like, yeah. by and large, I mean, what would you guys say is like? I know this is a hard thing to pinpoint. Like, what what would you say is like the sort of baseline good enough gaming PC for most people at this point for like, money like cost? Yeah, cost and maybe like you know CPU GPU. Well, so our our uh, coworker uh, Eleni every every Black Friday she does uh, like she does theoretical builds based off of Black Friday deals. Hey, if you got these Black Friday deals, this is what a PC would look like at X Y Z price point. Five hundred is usually like the main one. Okay, and then sometimes she she'll you know do different variations of it, but this year. As opposed to the past couple years, like a five hundred dollar gaming PC, I can't remember the exact specs. I can I can try to find it, but it was like, oh wow, this is actually a, a yeah. damn good ten eighty p, you know, high high settings uh, thing. I mean, it's ten eighty p, you know, so but it, it had it, discrete graphics. It had discrete graphics, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, I mean, I feel like I feel like it 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 depends, right? Like because it's hard because the the consoles are you know it's like oh 4k we got four what is it ps5 says 8k even though it doesn't yeah (laughs) yeah but for for console or for for pc like you've got the majority of the people still gaming at 1080p at least according to steam hardware survey but i mean uh, i game at 4k you know like i i think a lot of the people here game at 4k (laughs) or ultra wide or or there's some variation of that right high high refresh rate things like that so yeah i don't I guess it, yeah, it depends. I feel like seven hundred is probably like dang, that that's a damn damn good, you know, ten eighty p, fourteen forty p. Okay, you so know. yeah, there's still but, still a premium there on top of consoles, but not yeah. nowhere near as bad as it was, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, or um, two years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, and well, and also, yeah. I mean, like I like it. Sony putting their games on PC is like a full on like when pigs fly moment for me. You know, it was like. Yeah, like the only the only platform holder that would be weirder to make PC games is Nintendo, frankly. Right? Like, yeah, that would be I weird. Never, I would not have bet a cent ever in my life that Sony would be porting its own PC games. And they're actually doing pretty good. Games. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Returnal. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if you've tried Returnal on the no, PC, but the benchmark built in is awesome. Really, it's, I, it's, I love a good benchmark. Yeah, and like the Returnal benchmark is like, ooh, wow. I, I I haven't gone beyond like YouTube headlines, but it's a pretty good port, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, there okay. there are a couple like uh, hiccups here and there, but I mean, for the most part, like I I dig it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you think's behind that though? Because I again, I'm I'm pretty shocked that Sony's doing PC ports because you know you kind of always think they want to maintain their own platform and why why do this? Pressure from Microsoft, I think, like not putting all their eggs in one basket. I mean, they see you know they see their prime competitors spreading out across every platform they can possibly publish a game on, right? Yeah. And they just realize they can't. They can't risk, you know, being wholly dependent on one hardware platform from now on because, you know, like look at <laughs> everything from like Blockbuster to you name it, like industries that have right. been way too bought into their business model and refuse to change. And the next thing you know, they're gone. I wonder what happens long term, though, because I mean, obviously, everybody's going to paint this as everybody getting along. But if somebody's buying a game on PC to play, they're not going to buy it on their PS5. Does that mean they're unlikely to buy a PS5 or kind of change their actual gaming behavior based on the game? Te- Long term, I'm wondering because I can imagine when they when they sort of start to run the numbers, if it actually did real damage to their platform, they probably would want to pull back, right? Yeah, I mean, they definitely would rather sell a game on the PlayStation Store than on Steam and not give up thirty percent. But you know, I'm, I guess that must just speak to the install base on PC, right, and the number of you know well, they've they've got market intelligence. They know how many people. It's like, hey, we can invest this much. 
to buy Nixus and <laughs> port our games over or whatever, you know, versus like, okay, now there are enough people buying Steam games to actually make this worth it. Well, and, and maybe the, the way they're doing it is better for them too, where it's like, it's not, it's not day and date. Uh, and when it relaunches on PC, it's full price again. So, you know, it's, yeah, yeah yes, they're, they're yes. kind of double dipping a yeah, little for bit. Sure, for sure. Yeah, but that uh, Last of Us is probably going to make a ton of money when it comes out. I know, but it's like, uh, yeah. like it's not day and date, right? Like yeah. Xbox is day and date yeah, on they, PC, they, console, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, like this is like still at least yes. a little bit of a gap. That, that is a good point. They yeah. do soak up the most valuable sales first before, yeah. before it trickles down. And you're right, because you're, they'll launch, Last of Us will not be the $15 discount on Steam. It'll right. be full yeah. price. Yeah. So they're selling it brand new again. So I guess it's very much like Hollywood, you know, originally they wanted to go screen only and then the pressure to go to streaming. So they'll go, they'll go theater in theaters and then later on they'll go to streaming. Right? Yeah. Cause it's yes. money's money. You know? Yeah. My, my, my feeling is that Nintendo is basically the Disney of video games. Like they've just got such <laughs> a built in, like, you know, yeah, really, they can do whatever the hell they want. Well, yeah, really. They've just got such a hardcore built in fan base. They can kind of, be off over here doing their own weird stuff and it's fine but like everybody else has got to diversify uh if they're going to keep pace can i ask you a business side question sure what's your opinion on the consolidation stuff um because it really not yeah great is it uh, i don't know is it bad in the end or is it something because let me let me play out this theory for you one thing i'm afraid of is if you're a developer and your competitor gets say like apple buys your competitor you now have a, they have an unlimited war chest. Yeah. They can outmaneuver you, outmarket you, everything. If you're, if you're not basically bought up by a huge conglomerate that has the deep pockets of Google, you know, Microsoft or anybody else, how do you compete as a game developer? Yeah. Right. You, it feels like you almost like if you're, you're pushed off on your own, you're, you're, you're going against people that are, you know, getting money from Amazon. That ain't, that ain't no fun, yeah, right? Definitely, for sure. I mean, you know, like you look at, um, like I haven't watched the new Double Fine documentary yet, but I think they've talked about that when they got bought. You know, it's like, do you want to live hand to mouth as an independent developer, like betting the studio on your next hit? Or <laughs> if it misses, maybe you just don't have a studio anymore? Or yeah, do you want to go, you know, obviously there are difficulties to being under a large corporate umbrella, but, right. and you do have to fight for budget. It's not like the money is like coming out of the spigot necessarily, but at least you've got, You've right. got a lot more cushion and stability there. Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, a lot of, I imagine, well, I don't know, but I know Hollywood is like, you don't get a hit. It's it's over, right? Yeah. Is the games industry kind of run similar? Like, um, your studio doesn't, you don't knock this out of the park. Yeah, it's absolutely. You need to pack your cardboard box up. Extremely hit-driven business okay. and extremely, like, especially, you know, at the, at the shareholder and investor level, like, you know, obviously maximizing revenue is the name of the game. So, you know, why, why spend X on that makes Y? If we could spend the same X and make like ten Y, you know what I mean, right? Like that, that I think that's the that's the business perspective is like, if we are not maximizing return on development costs to the extreme, right? What, what's the point? Which which leaves a lot of cool, slightly more niche games along the wayside, which is a real bummer if you like video games. But. That's why I get a little worried about the whole Activision thing. If yeah. it sort of blows up, is they they're on their own again? So yeah. I mean, that, that's a weird one because it's hard to imagine anybody doing a worse job of running Activision than Activision has. <laughs> well, I think it's reasons, all, all corporate America. I think it's it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of same material, just shaped a little differently. Yeah. So I imagine, it, it, yeah. Like, I, you know, like Phil Spencer is an amazing face of that brand. Like, he mm -hmm. has built so much goodwill. Like, it's like, it's like a marketing school case study or whatever. <laughs> it but, is. But... 
when you step back from that for a second and think like, hang on, the same, what tr- what's market, Microsoft's market cap, like $2 trillion corporation or something at this point, like the same corporation owns the Elder Scrolls and Call of Duty. And like, if you just go down the list of the gigantic brands that they own, it's like, it, yeah. it starts to get a little dizzying of like, eh, it's a lot of controlled centralized uh, under one umbrella. And Phil Spencer's not going to always be there. Right. Uh, they're, they're, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I fully believe that he means everything he says. Oh, I'm, for sure. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not suggesting in any way he's like blowing smoke or whatever. Like, I, I think he, he really does have kind of the best interests of gaming uh, in mind. Second to making money, of course. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like, that's. I mean, yeah, companies change. Like maybe, you know? Who knows? Maybe Don Matcher will come back. At some oh, point. God, please <laughs> no. No, we, we see that in other industries where there's yeah. consolidation and then they make their moves, yeah. right? Then they get sort of like a little, you taking care of their, taking advantage of their market business. Right. Control, right? Yeah. Then, but that doesn't happen until they, you get all the marbles. So. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, another good uh, area topic uh, I think we can talk about. We, we Earlier I got a super chat from... Uh, uh, New Blood, uh, thank you. I said uh, $13.37, and, and very elite of you. Uh says, uh, does Brad have a Steam Deck? If so, does he have Geometry Wars on it? Is a Steam Deck player considered a PC gamer when docked? Can he answer this in the Murdoch voice? Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of questions. Um, yeah. Um, and I've got follow-up after that. I don't have a Steam Deck, although the idea of Geometry Wars anywhere... Right, it does have a certain appeal to it. <laughs> I totally get why the Steam Deck is so popular. I'm just not a big handheld player in general, so uh, okay. So it's just not something. Unless I'm on an airplane, basically, I'm going to play on a big screen, like the biggest screen and the fastest graphics I can get. So, but I totally get why it's such a big deal to so many people. Well, it, in, in like in in our world, I feel like Steam Deck is just like taken, <laughs> you know, over by storm. Like, oh my god, you know, yeah. like probably more disproportionately for sales i'm sure they're selling well but also like it just feels like everybody's talking about it and also yeah. I, I fucking love handheld gaming so yeah. uh that's just me i, th- I uh, think i think it, it benefited tremendously from like i, I don't want to say nintendo was dragging its feet on the next switch I, who knows what their plans are obviously the switch is still doing pretty well and like supply chain is a thing but if there had been a new switch a year or two ago i don't know that the steam deck would have taken off in quite the mm-hmm. same way mm-hmm. because really? it, because it became the new de facto here's my portable indie machine yeah. that the switch was previously filling but the switch is old enough at this point that like you kind of can't guarantee that a new game is going to run amazingly on that hardware so like the steam deck just like perfectly timed to be the thing that people want to play indie games on yeah uh, in a handheld now i just kind of i i don't really know but i just sort of assume most of the 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 the, the steam deck buyers are still traditionally pc gamers they come from that like they might have bought a Switch, but I still think they're in the gravity of of PC yeah, gaming. So yeah, I, I, I still think if they do a new Switch, don't you think it's just you know again it's it's I mean, no, no matter it's, what yeah no matter Disneyland. what a, a new Nintendo yeah. thing is going to sell oh yeah yeah it's totally fine. <laughs> yes, they're, yeah, they're yeah not, it it, it has it hasn't cannibalized any Switch sales yeah. it's more like uh, people were hungry for yeah, that, a new a I new mean. powerful handheld yeah, that, that's what I mean it's just it's kind of like the new way to play play indies. It was shocking though that they were able to pull it off because I I didn't think they 
they would be able to, but yeah. the price is right on that baby, yeah, right? Because sure. that's that's just you're getting so much for so little. Yeah, especially looking at Valve's hardware track record. I mean, like I I, I think it's <laughs> awesome that they have tried so many things. Like yeah. they've thrown Steam controller. Like I mean, granted, it's nice to have infinite money to fund your weird hardware projects. We we, we have a Steam box behind that uh, really? monitor yeah. over there. Yeah, you know they've hey. done so much. The, the controller, the different Steam OS and Steam box stuff. Like I'm trying to. Think they've got other. I mean, obviously the VR stuff was more successful. But this is the first one that has truly exploded and been like, okay, this is, they're not going to abandon this one. You know, like everything no. else, everything else they try and it's cool for a while, Steam Link, and then it kind of goes away. But this is clearly like such a runaway success. Yeah. You know what I really appreciate it about it too is it is built on its own OS. Yeah. Because that's always been, you know, Valve and Epic's, frankly, same thing, right? They, they've had problems with, they don't know where Microsoft is going to go because you don't know if if the landlord still has your interest at at in their heart anymore, yeah. but I, you know, I think that that attitude has changed obviously over the last ten years. Yeah. But I, I feel like still it's always good to have an escape hatch. I mean, so Gabe Newell was at Microsoft in the stack rank years, so I don't think he'll ever shed that kind of skepticism. Um, even though Microsoft is a lot more kind of permissive than they used to be, but yeah, it's awesome what they're doing with Linux. I mean, I'm kind of like deep in into Linux stuff in general these days, and like the the work on Proton in particular. I mean, it's like the idea that most Windows games just run in Linux at all these days is completely bananas. The idea that some of them are actually running faster than they do in Windows is like, <laughs> and they're fixing some of the problems, yeah. like like El- that Elden Ring thing where right. they fix the stuttering right. <laughs> before yeah. the it's, did the devs could. But they just but the fact that they have to have a platform to make Linux like it really is like a real a real thing now. Yeah. Because everybody's like, oh, the Steam Deck. Yeah. So their Steam Deck versions are getting the attention, which you, you could never do before right. unless you have the mass. Yeah, and because it's all open source and freely available, that's trickling back to the desktop. You know, like you, I, I see way more people talking about running Linux desktop gaming machines these days because Proton and stuff like that is out there and it's actually wow. actually feasible. W- would you do it? Would you game uh, on a Linux box? Uh, there are, I like my... I mean, obviously, you use cases a little different. Yeah, You're not I, just a gamer, but yeah, my 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 feeling is like Windows on the desktop, like Mac, laptop, and Linux for everything else, basically, like hmm. servery, headless type stuff. Like, there's just too many weird little things that get put out in like a homebrew fashion on Windows that I don't ever want to be in a situation where it's like, oh, somebody made some crazy VR mod. Like, you have to try this. Oh, it only runs on Windows. You know, like, mm-hmm. and and also the the Windows subsystem for Linux stuff has gotten so good at this point that you can do a ton of Linux stuff in windows anyway. So like I, I, I always want to maximize compatibility and there's, there's just too much windows only stuff still out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, anything, anything else, uh, for, for the state of the gaming industry, we've been wanting to ask an expert. Well, I mean, obviously I asked about sort of, uh, this consolidation thing, but do you have any general sense? Cause you probably follow developers and what's happening. Do you have any sense for, where the industry is because i, I kind of wonder a lot of people i don't know if it's just because people are more angry when games come out when they're buggy and this is yeah. again this has been this is nothing new this is decades old where games come out and they're buggy i don't know if there's more bugs or people are more angry or sometimes i wonder if the industry is just not as healthy as it was in some ways as far as i mean you assume because we have now billions and billions of dollars thrown at things by Google, Microsoft, Amazon. You've got just all money coming from different areas. I would assume that the, the, the actual, you know, developers are like, oh, you know, they're living high and large on the land, right? But I don't know if that's true because I, I look at like, I always assume like 
The other model is streaming. You have Netflix, Amazon, Google. You got all these different streaming services. Wow, if you're like a small-time movie producer or small-time production company, money must be coming in hand over fist. And from talking to people, like, no, actually, it's worse. I'm like, what? How could it be worse? I mean, if there's more money, doesn't that mean you're getting more money? But I'm just kind of wondering if we're sort of seeing the game developer and sort of very similar to what we're seeing with the production companies, like, they, they're really not making the money that everybody expects them to, even though there's so much more money in the in the system now. Yeah, I mean, costs have gone up so much on development. I mean, it's, you know, look at how games were getting made 20 years ago. You know, it was like, like, go back and look at credits on stuff from like late 90s, you know, there's like, there's still single digit number of people <laughs> putting out games. And like, there are still tiny indie studios doing stuff like that. But like, to make any kind of game at scale these days is so damn expensive. Yeah. You know, that like, it's just the risks are that much higher. I think, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that the the obsession with the live service game has been pretty unhealthy mm. in a lot of cases. I mean, like so many studios have tried to make a live service game in the wake of everybody wants to be Fortnite, or you know, what are what are there like three or four? I mean, okay, there's like Fortnite, Call of Duty. I guess is a live service game now. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Like Destiny probably is in that category. Like there, you know, there is a surprisingly, yeah. A short list of games that make it work and have been just in constant development and iteration for and you know, a battle pass every three months for years now. But like everybody was trying to do that at some point, you know, and like you just see like, you know, like month after month, like, oh, X live service game that's been out for eighteen months is shutting off the servers next month, yeah. you know. Oh, so it didn't work in a way. Yeah, a lot of them did not make it, and that just seems, you know. Well, because, yeah, for a live service game, you need to have the people there, and if right. you can't get the people there, um, then you can't have the live service. And, and, <laughs> and the nature of being really dedicated to a live service game is that you play it all the time, so there are, yeah. there's not room in a person's life for multiple ones of those if they really want to be serious about it. So, like, the market can only be so big, I think, for, for that type of stuff. It feels like feels like we finally hit a saturation point on on that stuff. And until until Nintendo comes out with yes. their own, right? Yeah. You know, they they put out like, gosh, I mean, I guess Pokemon Unite. They made a Pokemon uh, Moba, which is kind yeah. of that. You know? it's, it's actually not bad, but yeah, that yeah. Game's, yeah. Game's the game's <laughs> It's so. I mean, that's just so derivative, though. I mean, it's unfortunate because I, you know, they all kind of like, oh, this worked for somebody, so everybody now tries to yeah. copy it, yeah. and it never works. Yeah. Yeah. it never works. Right. It feels like yeah. so. But I mean, that Fortnite money. <laughs> you look at that, and you're like, hmm. I mean, you know, but I think is I think we've been doing this long enough. Eventually, all things end for sure, right? Yes. So, like, there are games that were like, oh my god, they they're blotting the sun out, and now who even cares about it? Yeah, like Call of Duty though is such an outlier in that sense because it's been it was oh seven is when Call of Duty four came out and it really exploded into the phenomenon that it is now, and it's like Modern Warfare two was still the biggest launch last year, and it's you know was that sixteen years later or something. Yeah, and I'm a Battlefield guy because you know there's there's two sides of the coin, yeah. and if you're Battlefield, you're always kind of like against Call of Duty, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm it's just been bad because they flubbed that one. I mean, I don't even know if think it's a fumble. I like the the ball went down the field and then it exploded or something like that. Yeah. It was just how do you come? How do you even come back from that? I don't even know. It takes it takes a first of all, it's going to take a very good sequel. <laughs> going to have to really bring it next time. Um, uh, stick with me here. World War Two. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Something nobody's ever Nin- done before. Yeah, like 1940-ish, early 40s, 1942. Okay, yeah. sorry, I don't want to make this any longer, but I'm going to ask you, because you, you're you in the gaming side. How much of it is 
does it ever work to listen to the player base? Because the player base is always demanding this. I need this. You need to do it this way. Does that ever... I, I, I want to know. I could not imagine being in the position of having to, like, God bless every community manager out there, let alone, like, the designers that, like... I'm not I'm not deep in any multiplayer community like enough to like care about balance changes, but like every time I look in on any of that stuff, it feels like nothing but people screaming. You know, like every player base of a, an ongoing multiplayer type game just seems to be angry all the time about. I feel it. like it. It always starts with "We heard you." Right, right. <laughs> so like I can't even imagine what it's like to try to absorb and integrate the kind of feedback that's coming out of stuff like that. But I yeah, I just don't even know because I know that if you make it happy for one part. The other part's going to be very unhappy. So, right. right. <sighs> and I mean, there is that there is that philosophy. Don't ask people what they want. Tell them, you know. Right. So, and then, but, but but like stuff like multiplayer balance is so intricate and multifaceted. I mean, like it's. I, I wonder if people even who put things into production know exactly how it's going to go until it's actually out there at scale. Everybody's just miserable, though. Like some game, like the game that I play, basically the answer is to make ninety percent of the players miserable. Is the answer so that's, <laughs> sure? Sure. Um, you know, you know what? I played way too much Dota for a while, and my impression of the way Dota balances things is to always balance everything up. Like never, never, never nerf. Like uh, basically, never like, cut. Yeah. <laughs> like let's not let's not nerf that thing. Let's just make everything else around it more powerful, <laughs> and then everybody feels like they're getting something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, nice. Well, so thank you. Thank you for those, those insights on the gaming industry. Uh, well, uh, let, let's move some Q and a real quick. I know, I know we're, uh, running short on time. If you have a question for any of us, uh, or, or even Brad, uh, put it in the chat, uh, at PC world. So it's easier. If you're listening or watching this later, go over to our discord. There's a link in the description. We have a, uh, a full nerd question channel that, uh, hopefully I can get to some of the questions here uh the first one is uh, uh funny discussions that we had on uh, on the discord after your video uh yesterday gordon uh japsig uh friend of the show put it over here said uh on on your your video you can see that it took a lot of effort to try and fit that 4090 in your test case any comments uh from gordon about the size of that gpu i thought it was you know it is ridiculously big and actually the the gigabyte geforce 4090 i'm using is um it made me think like it's just like it's a bunch of leftover heat pipes in in uh, in fin uh, stacks because it's like why does this thing have to be this big? It's kind of insane how big the forty ninety is, and especially because it's not like they're particularly dense. It just feels like they just made it big because they had to make it big because people were going to say, "Oh, bigger is better." And I don't I don't get. It. I literally had to one of the cases drill out the drive case because they were riveted in place. So like, and I didn't want to dismount the motherboard. So then I was like. I had to, to get out a drill, drill out the, the rivets, and then if there's like shards of metal everywhere, then I had to get out a vacuum cleaner and hope I didn't blow something up. So. We, we we had people in our Discord asking, why? what would it take Gordon to, to update his test bench from that old uh, HAF box? You know, I probably should actually get larger cases because they're hard to stack, but it's just, why waste it? It's just because you're just, it's a box, you're testing it, who cares? It doesn't matter. Are the are the AIB forty cards bigger than the Founders Edition? Generally, I don't know. Yes. I've never seen yeah. a Founders Edition, but they're all huge. Huh. Yeah, well, and the the Founders the Founders is typically shorter. Okay, uh, but but thicker. thicker. So like the AIBs are are typically either the same thickness or or maybe a little bit thinner, but usually considerably longer. Yeah, long is the problem. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, the, like running into the yeah. It does it does feel like they're just building in headroom, cooling headroom. 
because they're going to get there. I can't imagine when they want to throw that switch to actually use all that power, but it'll be crazy, right? On a 4090 Ti or 5080 or something, it's going to be nuts. Do you guys do any small form factor stuff around here? Oh, great question. Great question. I, I actually have gotten the small form factor bug over the past year and a half. Uh, so actually, yes. Yeah. So my my home gaming rig, I had I found the the smallest 4080 I could. Okay. It's a 10.5 liter case. Uh, it's a Dan Dan case A4 H2O. Does that help people measure them by? <laughs> yeah, by liters, okay. right? Yeah, and it, it is wow. literally one of the smallest ones you wow. can get, and it is actually surprisingly easy to build in. That's cool. like really easy to build in, and yeah, I was able to find it. It was an MSI 4080. That just barely fits in there, barely fits in there, but it does. And I, yeah, it's so fascinating looking at how much people are able to cram in spaces that small. Like I could never do it just for my my use case; just wouldn't accommodate it. But but no, I don't know. It's maybe like, it's like playing yeah. Tetris. You know, it's, oh. it feels like it feels like it's okay. Like if I, if I rotate the card this way, then it'll fit. And it's just I I, I also find it fun. Gordon does not find it fun. Look at his face. He's, <laughs> what? It's like say anything as, as like a as like a minimalist exercise. It's very cool. I don't, it's not super practical if you have to cram a bunch of stuff in there. But. What kind of card do you? Have. in my car uh, vehicle oh car i do not oh but so live in, you live in the city you ever <laughs> love not having no oh you car. don't okay i was gonna ask you this then you know what a coupe is yeah <laughs> when you ever like because you, you're um, you know you're not you're probably like me you're not exactly a spring chicken as they say mm-hmm. you get into your friend's car and they pull up in a coupe yes yeah, two doors do you volunteer to sit in back i know i'm happy to be accommodating Let's say. Wait, so you actually climb into the back? Yeah, if it, you know, if, if necessary. You don't complain bitterly about having to be the one? Because I do this thing where I slow walk to the car. Like, oh, damn. He's going to drive? Let me, I'm going to tie my shoelace. Oh, the other one's untied now. Because you get there last, you get to sit in front. Right? You get there first. You're like, you're sitting in back. Everybody expects you to climb in back, and there's no room. Yep. That's yep. small four factors. Yes. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's fun. We we can we can talk about it. It's yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Conceptually, um, it's very yeah, very fun. Uh, we got a question from uh, Ronnie Anderson. Um, uh, Xbox and PlayStation games are developed uh, and written on the PC, yet PC ports are often poor. Why? Gosh, um, that's a tough. Well, I mean, you know, like we alluded to this earlier, like consoles, despite having the same architecture, are not the same as PCs. You know, different memory model, like different graphics libraries in some cases. Like, it's not certainly not one to one or anything. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the business realities are that lead to that, though. Like, is it just a is it just a question of resourcing versus, you know, it's like I, I, I tend to just blame bean counters for everything. Is well, that, it's, it's probably lowest common denominator, right? right? right hey, I, you I'm know, just, I'm going to I'm going to aim for the, the lowest end. Is it is it just a question of we know. We're probably going to sell X number of copies on PC, even if everybody's mad at the state of the port. So let's just allocate 60% of the budget it probably actually needed for a good port. I don't, I really don't know, to be honest. Like, like I mentioned Nix's earlier, like they're kind of like best in class, right? They're just probably. a port house though, right? Like, yeah. I, I think like <laughs> before Sony bought them, I just feel like I saw their name constantly. I was like, oh man, this PC port from console of game, whatever is like amazing. And of course they did it, you know, like they, it just—it seems like it's. I assume it's also pretty, pretty intense technical work, and and just needs to be budgeted against in that sense. I, I really don't know though. Hmm. I mean, I guess like 
shader compilation stutter is a whole separate issue right these days i don't know if that's something that, you can man that has been that has been a weird one yeah i don't know if you can lay that at the feet of port quality or, or not no because it, it seems to also happen uh get bit a little bit on console yeah. too like usually it, it doesn't but yeah, yeah it's it, just there you can pre-compute a lot of stuff because it's a fixed yeah. target but yeah i'm well, thinking it's disrespect <laughs> Yeah, those those damn devs, they just hate us. No, and really, I'm sure, you know what, why are we, why even, let's not, it always comes out of money. It always comes out of money, mm. and you're going to look at, they look at the install base on consoles, they look at, they have to, they have to basically tune for one, two hardware platforms. You got to tune for a thousand yeah. different PC platforms. Yeah. Uh, okay, you've used all your budget up doing the port, here's for tuning, uh, we're getting to PC, and look, there's another 999,000 different combinations of PC. Well, <laughs> tough. And that's just what, that's what it yeah. comes down to, right? Yeah, and, he's not, and then, you know, you're doing the port anyway, so isn't that like, I mean, most of the money is made on the main launch anyway, so it's, yeah, just... Uh, we got a good question in here for, for Brad and, and I, I was actually going to ask it off camera, but I'm, I'm glad we're able to bring it on camera. Um, this is from Dylan, uh, Frank com, uh, question for Brad, a little off topic. Everyone's separate video feeds during next lander live streams are always so clear. Could you elaborate on the programs and platforms you use? Uh, we use vMix for kind of all of our heavy video switching needs. And that has a feature built into it called vMix call, which is, it's cool. It's like vMix call is basically like joining a Google meet or a Jitsi or, you know, zoom your well it all runs in a browser so it's not like zoom but um very very easy one click just send all your guests a, a url and I, I think i think vmix is running certain stuff on on their back end to facilitate this but but this is still hosted on somebody's platform the other guests are remoting into it or yes so like if you're a guest if, if you if you guest on a stream we just send you a url and you literally just click it and type your name in and then you're just in the video call and then mm -hmm. whoever's running vmix all those feeds get pulled in uh, is it usually Vinny? Yeah, he okay. he, he does yeah. all the heavy. <laughs> when I when I when I kind of sub in for him to do video stuff, I'm still on OBS and it's a work in progress. Yeah, <laughs> um, which doesn't happen super often. I mean, VMix is pretty pretty professional grade software, so it's mm -hmm. not cheap. Yeah, um, so we don't have a bunch of licenses just lying around. But that that's how we do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. What what do you, what do you use for uh, for webcams and? audio gear and stuff got like. a um canon oh gosh eos m200 i believe yeah, okay is, is the went mirrorless at some mm -hmm. point um good old re20 the classic classic, classic. yes the gold standard the gold standard the of broadcast yep. standard <laughs> uh for for microphone like going xlr has been a whole thing as I'm yeah sure you can right. attest to Ooh. Yeah, I actually do. I do USB microphone testing for our website. I, I have a roundup. I, need, I really need to update it. But luckily, USB-based microphones have gotten yeah, much better. It seems uh, like they, yeah, I was like, when we when we went to the pandemic, I had like the, is that a C920 there? I had the, yeah, yeah, had that's the, what that is. All I had when the pandemic started and we just ended up working from home was a Logitech C920 and a Yeti. Oh, and I was yeah, like, okay, Yeti. <laughs> we're doing this from home now. So like, <laughs> slowly building up something that resembles professional grade has been both fun and also very eye-opening in the case of xlr yeah yeah it's like boy there are a lot of knobs now to deal with yeah <laughs> they keep it that complicated so that they they're the only ones who run that's it. right that's okay. that's <laughs> you why to keep yourself it. in work <laughs> yeah. uh cool well thank you for yeah. the behind the scenes look um friend of the show v vegetable stew over on our discord uh has a has a question how would you rate this sentence and the sentence was presented from um uh nvidia ceo jensen uh, during a, I think it was the earnings call. Is that what they had recently, Gordon? 
Um, yeah, I think yeah, so. I think it was earnings call. Anyway, he 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 said this. He said this. Um, he said this line, and he wants us all to uh, to kind of uh, rate rate the following sequence. Um, here's a quote: "Gaming is recovering from the post-pandemic downturn, with gamers enthusiastically embracing the new Ada architecture GPUs with AI neural rendering." Uh, and the the options are: Would you strongly agree? Well, everything from strongly agree to strongly rage pony, which rage ponies is our thing of disagreeing, getting angry. Hmm. I don't know where to begin with that one. Yeah, I, multiple, I would say part of it. Multiple ga- clauses to evaluate there. Also, yeah, gaming is recovering yeah, from the post-pandemic the, downturn, which actually I would call like probably not. To, like, hear, to hear most people tell it, we're like just entering the downturn. I mean, yeah. if all the layoffs and stuff are an indication, I don't. Yeah. Not an economist. Um, what do you think on that statement, Gordon? Um, I, you know, the thing is, remember, this is a, this is a an officer of a company yeah. that is a publicly held company. They do not get to make <laughs> statements that are inaccurate and uh, without the lawyers getting really angry at them. I if if they are seeing numbers that are seeing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah, then fair. I'm going to tend to believe that. And again, remember that statement doesn't mean you buying a 4080 for five hundred dollars, but it may mean you know other. Other other things picking back up as far as spending going for for because it did crash really hard at the end of the pandemic once people could go outside. So I I do think there's probably somewhere as they say in the business press green shoots um, somewhere for everybody. But I I don't know what they are. I don't I don't necessarily agree because I do think it's going to for regular people. There's going to be a drag because clearly paying for food is more important than paying for a video card. Uh, so that could be a problem, but again, for NVIDIA selling into, you know, data center is for stream gaming is a plus for them. It doesn't necessarily mean you getting a graphics card for the, the budget you want it for. Um, at the same time, I do think that after going through almost three and a half years of literally not being able to buy cutting edge graphics cards to now they're falling out of the trees. Yeah. I think that's going to be a, a, you know, I think things will improve because there's just pent up demand. It is tempered because people are worried about their livelihoods. But, you know, again, 4090 did not sell poorly. Like this, like they sold it amazingly well. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's, it's coming back. And then as we, as they, as they start to introduce more mid range models, as those mid-range models have to now get into a fight with Intel and AMD, it's going to be a great buyer's market. So, and that is nothing but good for for PC gamers who, by the way, have money. If you don't have the money, it ain't no good because you're always looking on outside in. But for the people who have the money, it's going to be the best time of your life, especially after coming through. You know, you could not buy cards. You were buying you know, four-year-old video cards for 60 to 70% of their people selling, yeah. MSRP, right? Some people selling 970s on eBay for like twice what they would have been worth. New. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, no, I do think it's going to come back. And and again, you know, PC gaming, again, is going to survive. It's it's clear it's not going to go away. So I, I guess I would say I, I, I probably agree. Well, but also good point on that call. This is an investor call probably. And, you know, like that's it's like presenting to a CES crowd. Yes. 
Like everyone right. wants to be talked to them, but that's not who they're talking to. Yeah, you're talking to Wall Street. You're talking to investors. You're talking about the money that are getting, they're going to give you more money to get capital, go buy more yes. things. Yeah. So talking to the one category of person you can't mess with. Yeah, you don't mess with them. You don't try to shade things. And so there clearly are some good signs, but the good signs may not be what you're expecting. Yeah, I was so. uh, I was in the I was in a Q and A. I'm sure he did a ton of them with him last what was it September when the Ada cards were revealed. And I remember him just very bluntly saying, Moore's Law is dead. When somebody oh, questioned him yeah. on the, because they just announced the prices that day, mm-hmm. he was just like, forget it. Like, that 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 way of thinking is over. Stuff's going to cost more. Get used to it. I was like, man, like, wow, you guys are really planting your flag here. But, like, they seem to have stuck to it. I mean, there's, well, been, there's been at least, like, two rounds of rumors about 4080 price cuts that I've seen that have not. We've seen small discounts, have, have like thought, $50, yeah. $100, but, but you know, not, not, but not the official. Big, yeah. Not the big multi-hundred-dollar drop people seem no. to be hoping for, so it seems like they're sticking to their guns on yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, you know... I, for now, at least. People are angry about it, but, you know, you have to realize, and you know what? AMD didn't cut prices. It is not cheap to buy cutting-edge TSMC yeah. wafers, right? You're buying them. Prices have gone up, you know, fairly... You haven't seen TSMC come out and cut prices, so... Yeah, that was part of his point, to be right. fair, was he flat out said, yes, the stuff's getting way... It's getting everything is more expensive, yeah. so I don't know... But, you know, the weird thing is, you look at CPU side, of course, that's considerably less in a way, but still, <laughs> where you have real competition with AMD and, and Intel, prices are getting better. Mm-hmm. I still ultimately think NVIDIA prices would be better if somebody else could really compete with them. But, you know, look at 4090, there's like, there's nobody that even stands close to it, so... Yeah. Yeah, even on the just on the graphics front, let alone all the other things that it does. Yeah, all the other stuff it does, and people are lining up to buy it. So there's nothing there's nothing enough to drive it down. So a couple more things, and we'll get out of here. Uh, We got a ten dollars super chat again from Joseph uh, Smecker. Thank you so much. Said uh, I saw Gordon go into a fifteen minute rant about coops on Gamers Nexus's video. Uh, I just got to know: is he saying he would prefer a minivan over a Corvette or a Ferrari? I know how you're going to answer it though. Yeah, of course. Well, you mean like you're going to give the car to me so I can sell it and then go buy a minivan and whatever I want? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Corvette and Ferrari to sell. I would not. I don't know because yeah, there's a there's a whole lifestyle with performance exotic cars. What are you going to leave it parked outside in the rain? It's just like that's just not. But no, I would. And then you know the thing about Ferraris. If you've ever been in a Ferrari, I've been in a Ferrari. Oh, that's pretty cool. I would never want to own one. Right, you know the old saying is like you need to have two Ferraris, one for when it's in the shop, and one triples is best. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to piss off the ghost of Enzo here, but it's just really, yeah. If you want to make, let me. If you want to drive down I five, Brad, here's your challenge. If you want to drive down I five, what are you gonna make the trip in? Somebody's minivan, or in a Ferrari, like to L.A. Like say like a good six hour drive. Yeah, unless unless the Ferrari's gonna shave two or three hours off of that. I think I'll take the legroom <laughs> personally. You see, I just I comfort. I use a certain point where you like it's kinda cool, but it's just not that it's not that exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right, and, and and last thing, it's a little bit of a story time. Uh, Brad, I I know I alluded this to you, but uh uh there's somebody who we all know that 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 uh, right. links us together. Right. Uh, so a, a, a quick little story time. Because you're probably not going to guess it. So uh, in 2000, 2000-ish, uh, I went off to college. Just gra- I gradu- graduated in 2000 uh, and uh, started dating 
uh, a lady I w- went to college in, in Salt Lake um, and started dating a lady and, and uh, met her, her brother who was in high school at the time. Uh, and he was he was the first PC gamer I ever met. Uh, super, super cool dude. He had like real high end. I don't even remember what he had, but he showed me Max Payne and it just like blew my mind. Uh, super cool. Anyway, uh, we ended up breaking up, uh, you know, somewhat empically. Uh, I can't say that word. Um, uh, I was, I was catching up with her a couple years later and it's like, Oh, Hey, what, what's your brother up to? And, and he's like, Oh, you know, he, he's, um, he he started uh, producing a podcast for this uh, this this company that that covers uh, PC PC building and and gaming and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like he he was into the PC. Yeah, that's awesome. Maybe I should go check it out. I checked out the podcast, and it was the No BS Maximum PC podcast. Uh, you know, and that's that's how I got introduced to uh, to Gordon. Okay. Uh, are, are, do you know who this person is now? Um, no. Okay. I'm not going to guess. And then and then later, this person had had left working uh, for Future, and um, he ended up uh, going and and working over a GameSpot. Okay. Uh, and so yeah, I, I and I mean he yeah he, he works now at at Ubisoft, and and uh, I, I I chat with him every once in a while, but it's uh, Andy Bauman. Okay, Andy Bauman. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay, that's a blast <laughs> I, I dated Andy Bauman's oh, wow, cool. Andy Bauman's okay. uh, sister in two thousand, cool. and the, he was the first person I ever met who had a, a gaming PC. Yeah, wow. I don't, uh, I don't think I knew he would care, had come from future. Wait, you I did think. not know PCs existed for gaming until you met? No, Andy it was yet? the first PC gamer that I had met, and like oh. a first like <laughs> gaming rig. I mean, he had at the time because it was it was parents' money. Uh, I don't think I'm outing him. Uh, he had two screens. It was 2000. I don't remember what the hardware was. He had two screens. He had a, a, a big ass tower. He had the full, uh, discrete 5.1 stereo oh. sitting around. Like he, he had a rig. Man, dual, uh, dual CRT is serious. Yeah. Like it was, it, I was just like, dang, this is amazing. This is a PC. Uh, I mean, I knew what a PC was, obviously, but uh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I I knew he had gone to Ubisoft, but I had completely forgotten that fact. It's... Yeah, yeah. So it was just a, a weird, like you know, just yeah. just kind of, and, and so yeah, through 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 him, I found Gordon, and then when I I knew he went to 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 GameSpot, and and you know, I'd heard he he did a little bit of work with with yeah. you guys over at Giant Bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fun, so very cool. Funny, very, funny little story. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> I was looking for the next Lander uh, website to put up on the screen. Uh, it just it just goes to our Patreon, so. Oh, I yeah. Hey, we're, yeah. Subscribe we're, to the Patreon. Uh, working on a, a a web presence. Let's say. Yeah the uh, the 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 main spot the well, yeah yeah. So anyway, that, that fun fun time uh, at the show. Let, yeah. Let's yeah, wrap it up, you. Gordon. Um, thank you but, so much. For, yeah, but but before we go, Brad, please uh, go ahead and tell people where where they can find you. Yes. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, Next lander is. is is where I do all the video game stuff with Vinny and Alex, also from Giant Bomb and GameSpot. Uh three three alumni been in the game for a very long time um yeah we're same same on on twitch youtube uh the the account is just next lander um and then uh techpod.content.town is where <laughs> the tech pod i do with will smith uh, lives um and our, our offshoot, good podcast oh, thank you thank you our, our offshoot podcast about open source software also can be found from there <laughs> as well so the foss pod the foss pod which yes. you can find in any popular podcasting that's, that's right yep yeah fun times yeah thank you thank you so much for having me. yeah uh well we we just got a comment uh d uh, said great show this is my third favorite podcast thank you 
<laughs> Pro- probably behind the next lander probably podcast uh, is, is is what they're trying to say and the tech pod yeah <laughs> anyway gordon uh let's let's get out of here we've been going for a while yeah check back next week for your fix of pc talk on the full nerd for audio listeners subscribe to us on itunes google play spotify or stitcher every time you do someone sits in the back seat of a coupe somewhere with your small four-factor machine send questions <laughs> and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com thanks for coming i'm gordon Ung with brad shoemaker and Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Yeah, uh, so so glad you you can come join us. Uh, like I said earlier, we we are going to be helping Brad uh, build a a new PC. So we're after this, we're going to get some lunch and uh, record a video to kind of kicking off that 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 conversation. So look forward to that, and there there will be a live build in the future too. So we'll have Brad back, uh, and it's going to be a good time. So th- thanks everybody. Uh, thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Brad. Uh, and we will see you later. Bye.